here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Do I have everybody's attention now? I'm so jacked up just thinking about this match, and I'm standing and pacing in my bed. Mikazi now, he's not okay, so, so Mikazi, he's not a kid anymore. He's, he's, he's a boy, he's a man. He's a man, Mikazi. He got PWS Superstar Brian Buck. <laughs> and he was gone in two <laughs> So it's in go Bernalis. In Bernalis. In go Bernalis. You're missing a B there, but that's There's a B? This is what I'm talking about. These letters don't go together. Oh, you're having a wank, are you? And it's like, no! Mary, 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 Listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. <laughs> who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. All right, welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Podcast. I'm Rich Crates, alongside, as always, the King of Banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how are you? Yeah, I was going to ask you to introduce me as the King of I knew. Yeah, I know. I appreciate that. I'm smart like that, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very observant to the world and around me. So, you know, not, that I'm, not that I'm no longer an internationally acclaimed broadcast journalist, because, as you know, when the BBC wants the big story, they uh, <laughs> come to the big guy. They come to Joe Lanza. But, uh, you know, I, I, I... Well, king, being a king is nothing to slouch at, though. I mean... Listen, I, you know, I, I'm a man of many titles, and and you chose the one, the the correct one today. So I appreciate that. Okay, well, that's, I'm, I'm glad. Well, this is our first show back uh, in a few weeks because you did the solo show last week on Thanksgiving, which was uh, quite a interesting <laughs> show to me. I I, I never li- I, I only listened to, I think the first half, but uh, I think it was someday I called my mom and she said Joe really went off on his own last week, didn't he? And I went, yeah, it was it was it was something. That's one of my funniest things every single week is hearing what my mom thinks of you. Wait, hold, wait, you. hold on a second. She listened to that, yeah. Your mother listened to the show 
that you didn't participate. Well, I don't know. I, I I think she just clicked and didn't know that I wasn't there or whatever. Right. I think quickly she figured out I wasn't there, but like then stuck with it because she was like, ah, what else am I going to do all day? So like stuck with it. And it was just, yeah, that, that's because I was like, well, you knew I wasn't on there because I was with you all day. And right. She was like, yeah, no, I know it was it was Joe on his own. And I went, OK, so she it, it's like a love. It, you know, she could say all she wants and talk this big talk about not liking you. But you know what? She still listens, right? You know, still clicking ads. I think, she's still clicking ads. I know that for sure. I think that encapsulates many of the listeners to this show. <laughs> right. your, your mother is a microcosm of many of the listeners. They, they, they supposedly, they don't like me, but they keep coming back. So, you know, your, your mom is a like people, a lot of people who are listening right now. Do people dislike me? I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty neutral. I don't think anybody really cares. No, I'm, I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm the lightning rod. I take all the heat. Yeah. I take all the heat. But on the flip side, like you'll make a great point or a funny quip, and then we'll get Twitter feedback, and they'll give me credit for it. So right, <laughs> so I, that, I get, it's a give and a take. It's a, I think it's a fair trade off. Like I'll get it's not bad. Yeah, I, I'd actually prefer it. So. You got the good end of it. Like I may I may get the credit for some of your good points now and then, but whenever anyone is pissed off at us, they're mad at me. Like <laughs> they're true. never mad at you. You know, like like it's funny. Like you. And share the exact same viewpoint as me on something, but, but but I take all the heat. So I think you got a pretty good deal out of it. Well, uh, speaking of other good deals, that's a, that's a decent segue, actually, to the stuff we got going on with our affiliates right now. So just get this out of the way, and then we'll get a uh, ton of stuff to talk about. Uh, a lot relating to New Japan. We're going to be pretty New Japan heavy, I think, here. I think we're going to be very uh, WWE low. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to talk it at all. We're going to talk about something that WWE is allowing us to watch and producing a lot later, but I don't think we're going to do anything raw, you know, in terms of raw uh, SmackDown, anything going on with WWE itself, but a lot of new Japan stuff here. Before we do that, uh, I want to let you know a few things, obviously with the holiday season around us, that there's plenty of good stuff that you can do and purchase and buy. And a lot of it can help us. Um, Fathead, we uh, announced a few weeks ago that we have a relationship now with Fathead. Uh, you can go to voicewrestling.com slash Fathead. That will take you to their website where you can view all their good stuff. And we actually have a coupon code as well. Um, now, what this does, uh, this is uh, promo code RBJR. Joe, what was that? Rich, I believe you said RBJR. I did. And that's all real big fathead wall decals. So you want a big, you know, there's those chummy little like life-sized. No, you don't want that. You want your whole wall to be like uh, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers helmet, right? I Listen, I'm... You, Mr. Buccaneer, Joe Lanza. Got a, I'm, you, I'm staring at a Buccaneer helmet right now. Right now, your big Jameis Winston, uh, you know, your entire wall of your living room is Jameis Winston. And that's that you can do with these real big fathead wall decals. Uh, yeah, you can get them for uh, $6,999 with that promo code uh, with free shipping uh, as well uh, if the order is over $85. So not bad. Uh, it's actually a pretty solid gift idea. Like I said uh, a few weeks ago, if, if, if I were a little kid, I would probably have my wall completely filled with them and ask for them. Now it's a little tougher for me, but I'm sure there's somebody in your family. Or if you're like Joe, you, you love your Buccaneers so much that, you, you know, you want to display it for everybody. I, listen, if I'm a Buccaneer fan this week, I'm a it, whatever it takes. Listen, listen, Rich. Let me tell you something. Whatever it takes to sell these fucking fatheads, all right? If they're gonna go on there and buy these fatheads, I'll be a Buccaneer. Fan, there you go. No problem. Uh, you can also get Fathead Junior wall decals. I don't know how small the Fathead uh, Junior wall decals are, but those are thirty nine ninety nine. Again, with promo code RBJR. So, oh, I get it, real big Junior. Huh, that's that's nifty. I didn't, I didn't quite. Okay. 
Touche Fathead. Touche Fathead. But yeah, that's at voicewrestling.com slash fathead. Also, WWE Shop, voicewrestling.com slash WWE Shop. Uh, it's the same WWE Shop that you'd normally go to, but any orders you make through that link, that'll help us out as well. Oh, they got a December deal right now going on. Uh, save 20% off any orders, $25 or more, which is, is really not much. You could do that pretty easily. You're going to get 20% off if you use the code MARY. So use the code Mary, you get 20% off an order of $25 or more. Chances are you buy more than two things at that store, you're going to be over $25. So why not use Mary and why not use voicewrestling.com slash WWE shop. And the last but not least, of course, our Amazon affiliate, uh, voicewrestling.com slash Amazon. Basically anything you buy on Amazon, we get a little bit back. So, you know, I, I know plenty, plenty of people are doing Christmas shopping almost exclusively on Amazon. That's good. Do that, but do it before wrestling.com slash Amazon. We get a little bit back. You get the same normal Amazon prices and all the other stuff. You don't pay extra, but we get a little back. It's win-win. All right, that's it. So the uh, the WWE code is Merry, as in Mary. Merry Christmas, not Mary, as in like Jesus's mom. Uh, yeah. Oh, correct. Yes, it is M E R R Y. Yes, yeah. that is uh, an important distinction that I I didn't think of, but it sounded like you were saying Mary. I don't know if that's some kind of Chicago thing. But they're very; they're, those are two words that are very close together. Mary. Yeah. Well. Well. Okay. Yeah. I guess I probably do say them the same. I mean, my, so you say you say both of them. Let me hear. Okay. Mary. Mary. They're they're practically the same. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I ever say it different. Mary. Mary. Yeah. No. I think I say it the same. Those are very close. Those are very close. So you know. I don't know if I've ever said them differently. To be honest, now that I'm thinking about it. No, I think I've always just kind of said the same. I, they're, they're pretty much the it's same. too nasally i can't like i can't do ease I, I just everything is just a nasally a for me in chicago so, particularly this week because i'm not feeling all that well i'm kind of sick but so i'm particularly nasally as well so that that will probably explain it but yes it's m e r r y and that'll give you 20 percent off any order 25 dollars or more do, do you shop, so. think that the uh the the code merry as in merry christmas is offensive to some shoppers <laughs> i don't know if anybody cares um, no, I don't think anybody ever cares. We, I think we talked about this topic uh, last year as well. We, we talk about it pretty much every uh, every year uh, on the show. And I'm one that I don't really care that much. Like I'm an atheist and it doesn't really bother me when people say Merry Christmas. And I don't think I've never really seen anybody ever get bothered. And I've worked in retail for many, many years. And I would say Merry Christmas and people go, oh, thank you. Or, or they'd say, oh, no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish. I celebrate Hanukkah. And then it would essentially be a conversation about Hanukkah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Well, have a good holiday. So like at the end, I would say that. And they'd be like, OK, whatever. Like I never had anybody go like, excuse me. Like and I worked in retail for eight years or whatever. And no, nobody cares. Not a single person in the world ever cares. I don't know, Rich. They seem to care a lot about these red Starbucks cups, and uh, so I'm just wondering. <laughs> That's if, the internet. Uh, well, the red yeah. Starbucks cup, and that was another interesting thing as well, is that over time, like, you know, I, I've seen all the Facebook stuff about it, and then more and more I was realizing, you know what, I, I'm seeing more people getting mad at people getting mad about it than people that were and actually And you know mad what? It. It's about damn time that we pushed back against these social justice bullies. It's about time, and I'm, and I'm glad that we're seeing it. I'll tell you what, you fired me up now. Now I'm fired up. All right. Oh, I, I saw a great article, and and uh, I tweeted it out from the Lanza Unfiltered account. They, you know, and this is something we've talked about on this show. They've got a name now for the generation after the millennials. You know, these annoying as fuck millennials. I can't stand these millennials. These millennials. Oh, what am I? These millennials are nothing but troublemakers. They complain about everything. They're always whining. Everything is uh, is offensive. You know, these. I think I'm a millennial, sir. You are. But you're not one of these annoying millennials, and I'm going to tell you why, because the article explained it. The reason, well, to be fair, I, well, I don't know what this article said, but I don't think I should be lumped in with them. I believe I'm a, a generation before hey, that, listen, but that's okay. I've made – listen, we've talked about it too. I think the, the millennial distinction 
and it covers too many years. Well, I mean, the early 80s. So somebody born in 1983, I was born in 1987. So you have somebody in 1983, 1987, and then someone born in 2002. Yeah, I mean, you, those are not the same. I mean, I am not the same person. You somebody have nothing born in common with those people. I mean, te- technologically, I, uh, in terms of the art I like, the, the, the music, the movies, the how I consume media, like it's nothing is the same. When, like, when you were a child, I mean, it's yeah, just, right. It's just it's completely different. You're a child of the 90s and they, they're lumping you in the same group with people who were born in the 90s. It's, yeah, it just, that's just doesn't true. make any sense. But, you know, the millennials, is, it's the worst generation. I mean, it just it's nothing but complainers. It's these college kids who are whining on college campuses every time you turn around. These, the millennials are just absolute assholes. But what's going on, Rich? You being uh, is your apartment being broken into, Rich? I think Rich was just attacked on air. Rich, are you dead? Well, it looks like it'll be two of another solo Joe Lanza effort here on the Voices of Wrestling podcast. We've got a lot to get to. We're going to talk about uh, the Hanma situation, of course, in New Japan. And then we've got some New Japan stuff that, we, uh, that we're we going to talk about, the highs and lows of the New Japan year here of 2015. And then we're going to wrap up the show talking about some of the new additions to the WWE Network. Rich, are you in fact dead? And should I continue? I'm pretty sure someone just broke into Rich's apartment. Clubbed him in the back of the head with a baseball bat and is now robbing his apartment. And I think that's all happening right here on the air. All right. So one second. So you're, I'm on so my, you're not I'm dead. On what I miss? Well, I thought... My mic fell apart. Uh, yeah, well, it sounded like a gunshot, probably. I thought someone broke into your apartment and, cl- <laughs> and clubbed you in the back of the head with a baseball bat like a baby seal, and, and you were murdered on air. So um, I did not... So, you know, you would think that the I would still okay. I would have ran to my phone and dialed 911... <laughs> I heard you still talking. No, what I did was I, I figured, you know what? It looks like two weeks in a row of a Jolanta solo effort. So oh, okay. Oh, so you just you, you took pride. Uh, that, I'm a per- no, no, I'm a professional. And I figured, look, <laughs> we got to get through this show. So, sure. I, you know, I, I, I ran. It's like when you get injured in the middle of a wrestling match, you know, you got to just push <laughs> through it. You got to finish, man. Absolutely. Do not throw. I don't throw up the X. Okay. Yeah, Sin Cara. Yeah, we're not, we're not calling this thing because you, you dislocated your finger, man. We're going. Like. I don't throw up the X and, and, you know, I was just gonna I was going to finish the show. I gave people okay. the rundown well. of what we're going to talk about, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I read this article about you asshole millennials and, uh, you know, it, it, the theory being that the millennials were, were raised by parents that coddled them or whatnot because mm-hmm. their parents are Gen Xers, right? Absolutely. So yeah. Gen, the Gen Xers, their style of parenting was, you're so every, you're always spe- you're special you uh, you can do it. there's nothing you can't do you're so special hey, coddling uh the the participation trophy uh generation which is another word for the asshole millennials is how these gen xers raise their children 
Whereas Gen Xers were raised by baby boomers who were hands off. That was the latchkey generation. Parents who, you know, both went to work and kids were largely, you know, more on their own uh, th- than they were today or, or, or that the millennials were. And that's my theory why you are not an asshole millennial, Rich, because your parents are a little bit older. Well, they're baby. Yeah, because I'm looking at Generation X because I wasn't quite sure. My dad was born in 1950 and my mom was 1954. Your, your so, yeah, I like baby boomers. Yeah, exactly. So Generation X is technically early 60s. So they were, I mean, God, my dad was, you know, early 60s. He's, you know, 10, 15 years old at that point. So, yeah, it, it's completely. So you weren't raised by Gen Xers. That's the thing. So, you know, the millennials were raised by Gen Xers and they were raised wrong. And now they're all assholes. Now, the theory being that the generation that comes after the millennials, the generation that was born, I think the article defined it as after 2001, I think is their definition. So let's for the sake of the argument after the year 2000. You know, these people who have been born into a world of technology and born into a world of social media and born into a world where everyone is connected, this generation that's coming up after the millennials recognizes that the millennials are a bunch of assholes who are fucking everything up, and they're a little more laid back than the millennials. Okay, I can see that. That's the theory in this article that I read, and MTV gave them a name. And um, to show you how ill-prepared I was for this bit, I don't remember the name they gave them. But the generation that's coming after the millennials, uh, I forget the name they gave them, is supposed – so that gives me faith. And that, and that reminded me because you, know, you said you see people complaining about people complaining now. Hopefully that starts to pick up steam because we went through this horrible era where everybody's just bitching and complaining about everything. And I can't take it anymore. But hopefully the, the, all the hope rests with the people born after the year 2000. Well, you know, as they was it founders, the founders, that's it. Yeah. The founders. I don't know how they came up with that name and I don't care. I don't care what you call them. Here's all I know. It's not the millennials. That's all that matters. These millennials got to go. Okay. So these founders, now that they're teenagers and now that they're getting along and, and you know, they're saying, now, hold on now. We don't want to be lumped with these asshole millennials because we think they're assholes too. We are constantly complaining and whining and they're, they think they're entitled to everything and we don't want to hear it either. Okay, so, you know, hopefully well, and, and that's I, I've actually had this. I've had a discussion with Michelle. I guess it wasn't as, as, as you know, in terms of we didn't define all these generations or whatever. But I've always said another a huge difference as well as you were talking about being raised by the Gen Xers. Look at that time period as well. I mean, and I know from, you know, my parents tell me stories of even when they were, you know, 30s and 40s or whatever. Pretty much everything was pretty damn good. And they were able to do a lot and all that sort of stuff. My family, we weren't quite as, you know, as lucky as some others. And both my parents always worked the entire time. But we had, fr- I had numerous friends who, you know, the dad worked, the mom didn't because the dad was making, you know, tons of money being whatever, uh, consultant, doing this, doing this garbage or whatever. You'll get this next generation. They're raised by a lot of people who, you know, post-recession, you know, they, by and large, most of their life has been like, yeah, hey, we don't really have shit. So sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. it's, it's a different thing of like, where there's going to be a lot of kids growing up that I know for a fact Aren't, aren't going to be able to be coddled because there's no goddamn chance to coddle them. I mean, it, it's a two it's a two income necessity there, these there days is, for, for people that hit it dead on the head. There's a lack of entitlement with that generation because they were kids during a recession, and and it's like you said they 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 didn't have that entitlement. They didn't have that that coddling nature about them. Their parents were more stressed out about things and, and worried about money and 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 they didn't have time to hand everybody a participation trophy and, and kiss their ass and treat their kids, uh, you know, put their kids on a pedestal, which is what happened to the millennials and why they're all, you know, which is why you're seeing all this unrest on college campuses. And, right. and they, they, because these, they were coddled their whole life. 
Well, and my mom would always say that she she at some at some times would try to spoil me a little bit just because she got nothing from her parents whatsoever, like zero from her parents. Like her, her, she would walk in the door and they wouldn't even acknowledge her. So she would sort of as as a turnaround try to you know do a lot for me and and be and that's I'm I'm sure that's many many parents who was like yeah my parents didn't really give a shit about anything I did or or care or like you said the lashkey thing or even the the hey go outside and I don't care just come home at night or whatever I do whatever the fuck you want I don't really care about what goes on in your life or whatever. So then when they became parents, it was like well now that's not. I I want to be different, so I'm going to do everything with my kids. And it's like, okay, well, that's probably not the best idea. But yeah, I mean, there's always a happy medium to everything, and and we fucked up an entire generation of people, and uh, you know now it's it's bearing <laughs> those results. I mean, I mean, you see this stuff; they're getting college presidents fired and everything else. We, you know, you have you, you see these videos. I miss that entire thing, and I don't really a care. New, to... A new video pops up on YouTube every day where these students get in administrators' faces and they scream about not having safe spaces, and it's just it's so irritating. You had this president at Oklahoma State University. This guy is a fucking hero. The other day he came out and he said, look, don't even think about starting this shit at Oklahoma State. This is not a fucking daycare. If you don't like it, go to school somewhere else. We're not going to deal with it. So, you know, it's about time there's been a little bit of kickback to this stuff. But, yeah, this new generation, that's what gives me hope. That's what gives me hope, Rich, that we're going to fight back. And when people complain about red Starbucks cups, that finally, finally someone is going to stand up to these bullies and say, you know what? Shut your mouth. It's a red cup. Take it easy. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Which is even more because they never had Christmas imagery on them too, which is the other. Because like I'm a big coffee guy. I, I I mean they had like snowflakes on them in previous years. Like who who but whatever. It was implied Christmas. It wasn't even <laughs> it wasn't even it was, the cup didn't even say Merry Christmas. It didn't. It was, it was just, just red with red. like it would have like ornaments on it sometimes, and sometimes there would be like be, snowflakes yeah, or I mean, a snowman. You know the very the very secular, the very non secular like, you know, snowman. It was just like okay, like you just, can't celebrate Kwanzaa and build a snowman. I don't understand. It's it it, it drives me. It drives you nuts. Red's a Kwanzaa color. I don't know why I'm picking on Kwanzaa. They're not the one. Yeah, leave Kwanzaa alone. It's geez. not even the people who celebrate holidays. It's these people. <laughs> it's nobody. It's atheists like me. Just I don't care. Do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Like, like, whatever. Just yeah, it's it's a weird time in the world. I I don't know. Yes, whole millennials. It's you know. It's really just a lot. Yeah, everything sucks. Everybody sucks. Everyone's shooting each other. Just that sucks. Well, that's a that's, <laughs> we'll go on to that. That's that's, that's a whole that's, that's a whole that's a, thing. that's a bit heavier and darker. That's yeah. Well, we need a better segue because we we want to talk about something here soon, but we need a we need a that's, a good segue and then we can talk about that. But that, that, that's a bit heavier. Uh, and how darker was your Thanksgiving? Than, uh, show? <laughs> yeah. So this Hanma thing, you know, you know, who the hell knows what's going on with this? Do you want to run it down or how do you want? Yeah, to... let's let's run it down here a little bit. Of course, we don't. We're gonna at least reserve some judgment until we kind of figure out one way or another what's going to happen here. We, we've heard some stuff here. Here's the claims by both people. Um, it's Kyoko Ichi, Ichiki, right? Yes, Kyoko Ichiki. Okay, Kyoko and that's Ichiki. his living girlfriend. That's his living girlfriend of eighteen years, a former wrestler as well. Um, uh, she released a claim in a women's magazine uh, that about a month ago she and Hanma were out to dinner at a Tokyo restaurant and bumped into a woman who said she had dated Hanma four years ago. She was upset, and then she goes into some other stuff about how um, she was suffering from clinical depression because there was an angle where Hanma, you know, had the hots for some former pop star model, and that was just an angle that New Japan was doing because he's the underdog, so he would ask her out, and she would kind of turn him down, and that that'd be sort of thing. So she claims she was a little bit depressed about that, the situation with the the meeting the the former uh, girlfriend at the um at the restaurant so then it kind of all came to a head in an argument when they got home 
Um, eventually, she claims in her claim that she, you know, knew that she went too far in the argument, realized it, and then got on her knees and begged for forgiveness, which is, you know, for better or for worse, or probably for worse, uh, customary in Japan. Uh, and then, unfortunately, Hanma, by her claims, then kicked her in the head and did a bunch of other stuff. Uh, her mother was there, said stuff like, you know, how the hell did you raise your daughter to be this way? Uh, Ichiki also says that at certain times Hanma has pulled her by her hair, uh, you know, punched her, you know, just just been generally abusive to her in, in, in many ways, verbally and physically. Uh, she also claimed that Hanma was verbally abusive to their pet dog, uh, threatening to take him to the shelter. And we, we just heard verbally abusing to the dog, just as far as we know, not, you know, physically abusing. But so that's the claim from her versus Hanma. The Hama has just been abusive, you know, many times. This is a situation they've called the police uh, certain times as well. Hama then came back the next day um, and said, you know, he he did respond to him saying he was self-defense in, in many of the situations. Uh, said he'd be seeking legal action against her, claiming that allegations could have a negative impact on his career. Uh, then he claims that she began abusing him about four years ago, not the other way around. Uh, the fights were mostly him grabbing her by the wrist to stop her from striking him in the face. Uh, and he claimed the incident where, you know, she was knocked out, that he uh, that, that he was abused first. And that a lot of it has just been self-defense. And Ichiki has then denied that version of the story. So we're kind of at this, you know, standstill right now. You have a lot of really terrible allegations, you know, towards Hanmo's um, on his end. You have him sort of responding of the exact opposite stuff. At this point, Joe, what do you think? And then at least maybe kind of the big picture stuff. What, what do you do if you're New Japan in light of these allegations? I think if you're New Japan, you're in a tough spot and you can't really do anything. Because... At this point, it, it's 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 he said, she said, she says he's beating the shit out of her. He says she's beating him up. Um, so what do you do if if you're the employer? Um, you know, and he's the one filing a lawsuit here, which right. is interesting. Not her. So I mean, as the employer, do you, you know? Do you let it play out in court? Do you wait to see if there's any sort to, to my knowledge, there's no police reports of any of this or anything like that. I mean, that would make it easy, right? I mean, if she produced like, you know, you know all sorts of evidence that he's been beaten on her, I think the decision is, is pretty clear. You fire the guy. Um, but this is now a tricky situation because he's saying none of this happened. And, and she was the one beating on him, which is completely bizarre. Um, you know, a lot of his defenses are the typical things that you hear from guys who beat up women. I mean, right. Oh, she knocked herself. That's out a red flag for me. Yeah. yeah. Her, she hit her head, you know, when I, I pushed her away from uh, beating up me. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, she it's... knocked herself out when she fell into the wall. And, and, and the thing with the dog to me is a red flag too, because it's like, you know, men who have these anger issues who go after women, as everybody knows, a lot of times they'll take it out on children and pets as well you know it's like you know you, you have you have this out of control anger you're beating up your wife you walk by you kick the dog you know or, or you go yell at your kids or you know unfortunately you beat your kids too you know it's like it's so that's kind of a red flag that she mentioned that he yells at the dog i could totally see that if, yeah, if he's treating her like this he's probably yelling at the dog too and i wouldn't be shocked if he's kicking the dog around i mean that's what these assholes do so you know but the problem for new japan is He's saying he didn't do anything but defend himself and that she was the one beating on him. And he's taking it to these lengths where supposedly he's filing a lawsuit. Now, um, you know, during the week in, in my digging around and reading different things and talking to different people and looking at things, you know, a cheeky has a history of violence herself. 
you know, in the past with some of the promotions that she worked for, where she was violent towards some of the younger women. So, I mean, who the heck knows? I mean, you know, it, you know, and of course that doesn't justify it. If he's beating the shit out of her, he's a piece of garbage. Oh God, no. He's yeah, a piece right. of garbage if he's doing that, you know, and, and, you know, he deserves everything that's coming to him if that's how it comes out. But this seems to me like this is just, this is just a completely dysfunctional relationship. And my gut is telling me that this is that couple where, you know, that most people know on their block who just are violent towards each other. And, you know, they're, they're probably two people who don't need to be anywhere near each other and probably don't need to be near anyone of the opposite sex either. Because it sounds to me like my gut is telling me that neither one of them are lying. I think that he's probably beating the shit out of this woman. Yeah. I think that she's probably as physically violent towards him as well. And I think that that's that's what my gut is telling. Me. Yeah, I, I kind of had that same feeling as well. So in a lot of ways, and that, that, again, that doesn't absolve anybody of anything. It's like you said, it, it's almost both parties seem. I mean, w- without knowing the exact evidence, my my thing is, I think with New Japan and what I would do if I were them is is an I, ideally, yeah, like you would say, you let the courts play it out or whatever. I would just have Hanma take a back seat for a little bit. Just have him sit on the sidelines for a bit, just in case, because you know what I mean? Like having him, you know, doing anything with him and having him go out on shows and having him do all this and you know, that stuff. It can really bite you in the ass then if it finds out, yeah, this is what he did. And here's the police reports. And it was even worse than we initially thought. I just think for the optics, it's probably good to just let it play out. Like you said, in the courts, I'm not saying fire the guy uh, quite yet, but just maybe not have him out there. Maybe not put him on posters, maybe not publicize him until you find out for sure, you know, one way or another. Cause we found out, you know, in the history of both new Japan and, and, and Japan in general of how Japanese wrestling companies have reacted to this is, you know, they don't react very well when there's, you know, domestic issues or, or whatever. I mean, Taichi famously, you know, about what was it, about two years ago, right? Right around this, the same time was there was the, the controversy of him, uh, you know, cheating on his wife. And, and there was stuff where then he they kind of suspended him for a while and fined him a bunch and and that sort of stuff. So from my standpoint, I would just have him kind of sit on the sidelines just in case. And that's not, you know, saying, hey, we think you're guilty. It's just, it's just, I think that's the best plan of attack right now as opposed to just outwardly firing him right away. And then if it founds out, you know, that he was telling the truth, then you look kind of weird. Uh, if you don't fire him and you just, you, you know, have him on every show or whatever, and then it finds out, yeah, well, he's completely innocent and she was doing everything then, you know, you kind of look silly from that standpoint. I, I think it's just easier to just have him sit out for a little bit, let it play out in the courts, let it, you know, you know one side uh, eventually, you know, rescind. Or like you said, maybe it's both sides. And then I guess you kind of have to figure out what you're going to do with Hanma in general. My biggest thing, though, is given Hanma's history, which I think was a part that a lot of people were arguing about and not really sure or whatever. If I'm New Japan, I don't really need to take a risk with a guy like Tomiyaki Hanma. You know what I'm saying? Like if this was a guy who had a crystal clean past, that this is the first thing you've ever heard about him being even you know remotely a bad character in, in, in any way, shape, or form, a guy like Okada. If we hear something like that from Okada and then they go, okay, then I give, I'll give New Japan and I would give that wrestler a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt. In Hanuma's case, you know, what's the risk and reward there? I mean, from New Japan's standpoint, they're always kind of towing a, 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 or, or walking a thin line with Hanma. I mean, it was we, we know this stuff. This is stuff that's been well publicized, you know, for years. That's why I would just kind of have him sit out for a little bit, figure out what happens one way or another. If he's if he's guilty, then he's gone. If he's innocent, then you can figure out a, a plan of attack and bring him back and do all that sort of stuff. I just don't know if there's a benefit of publicizing him and having him go out there right now and, and do a bunch of stuff and and be a star of your your promotion if these allegations are true. The problem is we're never going to find out what is really going on here. Mm-hmm. That's never, it's never going to find out. They're both going to stick to their guns and tell their side of the story. 
And, you know, I, the bottom line is it's, it's like I said, my gut says that he's probably has struck this woman. Um, you know, but it, it, it's, it, it's still a tricky spot for the employer mm-hmm. as, as to how to handle it. But it's like you say, I think his past is absolutely relevant. I mean, there were some people arguing that it wasn't bullshit. You know, it's absolutely relevant. This is why, you know, when there's, you know, you know, in this country, when people go on trial, that that there there's a such thing as character witnesses and and things of that nature, because all of that stuff absolutely matters. I mean, okay, the, the Yakuza stuff. He's never been outwardly. No one, you know, no one has claimed that he is a member of the Yakuza or was ever a member of the Yakuza. But, but. If you're involved with the Yakuza, the Yakuza and involved in organized crime, that speaks to your character. And these mm-hmm. are very violent people. Okay, if you're if you're willing to associate with these violent, murdering sociopaths, that does say something about your character. I'm sorry. And, I agree. And and, I, uh... and and for me, you know, it's it's I, like you said, I tend not to give the benefit of the doubt in those situations. It's not like this guy was squeaky clean. They were, they fired this guy once before because he couldn't keep his nose clean, you know, for completely different reasons for, you know, scalping, you know, you know, with ticket schemes with, you know, Mm -hmm. ticket scalpers or whatever, whatever. And that's, I think, I think what's important distinction is people were bringing that up all the time of, Oh, you know, we've just doing ticket scalping. And I think in of itself doing, if, if, if I Joe just started doing ticket scalping on my own, you know what I mean? Like in my house, I got a printer and I just started kind of doing it on my own. That's fine. You know what? I think, I think that speaks you know, it, it speaks to my character in some senses, but I think it's a lot worse when you're doing it with the Yakuza. You know what yes. I mean? Like when you're doing it with direct relation to a violent, deadly gang, that's where it's a little bit different. This man, in, in any that way sense. you cut it, he's had me selling drugs just out of my house because I'm a little dumb 18 year old or whatever. That's one thing. I feel like selling drugs is a part of a giant, you know, of the Bloods, the Crips, the Vice Lords or whatever. I'm one of their members and I'm selling drugs. That's a, I mean, there, there's context there. There's a big difference between 18 year old who sells a little bit of weed out of his house or whatever because he's an idiot versus guy who's a part of the vice lord selling weed you know what i mean like and i think if you ignore that context i I, you're just not you're not being fair about that guy booking bets at the corner bar guy booking bets at the corner bar who kicks up to tony soprano big difference right (laughs) exactly right so you know and and character does matter and 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 you know all that i take all of that into consideration his past absolutely matters and like you say this is a guy who hasn't kept his nose clean a guy who's made the company look bad. The guy who the company has fired already. So, you know, maybe you do just send them home, you know, and, 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 you know, look, if they fired him tomorrow, I don't think that would be unfair. No. But at the same time, the fact that he's still working the shows, I don't necessarily think that's unfair right now either, because a lot of this is still very unclear. Now, you know, tomorrow or the next day or next week, Maybe another ex-girlfriend comes out and says, you know, I, this is kind of how he treated me too. At that point, you go, you know what? Where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, Yeah, it's not worth the trouble. Take anymore. a hike, pal. You know, right. you're out of here. Um, you know, but it's like in this situation, they're just – they're claiming shit against each other. My gut is that's a very unpleasant home to live in. I, I agree. And, yeah, and, and – and- and in most cases with this, because, you, you know, you're saying people are like, oh, she's just making it up. In, in most cases, they're not. Made. It's not that. I mean, everybody, everybody jumps to that right away. And, oh, she's trying to get his fame and all that sort of stuff. 
you know, in, in, in very many of these cases, that is not at all the case. So I'm with you. I believe that it's absolutely true that, that at one point he probably hit her and, and maybe it's not as violent as she indicates or whatever, but I don't think you come out of nowhere and say that just to get money or whatever, to get Tomiyaka Hanma's big time money. You know what I mean? Like people going with that, I think is just absolutely absurd, but you know, you hear that all the time, but then I also sort of, you know, you look at her past as well and I, I can kind of agree that she probably was violent as well. So it's hey, look, like maybe, you said, maybe it's he, a, look, maybe look, I don't, I don't necessarily not believe him when he says that he's had to grab her wrists when she's been striking him and and uh, and and that he had to go to the hospital because his face was all battered up. That may very well be true. The thing is, as a man, if you're in a situation like that, you got to get the fuck out, especially if 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 you know that you're someone that has a short fuse, because once you hit her back, fuck you. I don't care what she did to you. Yeah, right. Once you hit her back, it doesn't matter to me, you know, what she did to you leading up to that. You you gotta be uh, the big enough person to get out of that situation. If if you know, let's say she is the instigator here. I have no idea if she right. is. Okay, uh, you know you, you know the the first the first time that happened where she came at him physically. You know you really got to take stock of this relationship and say, you know this is gonna end badly in some form. Yeah. She's either gonna. I think we're done. Yes, I think we're done. She's Bye. either gonna <laughs> keep beating me up, and I don't know if I'm gonna take this shit. Or she's going to push me over the edge and I'm going to hit her and then it's it's an even bigger mess. So, you know, that that's – I don't necessarily – I might – you know, I don't – it's not that I don't believe him, but it's not an excuse if he if – he now he's, he didn't – I, I think that's – yeah, that's that's important distinction that I, I, I'm sure people will, will read into this and maybe think. But yeah, we're, we're not excusing anything that he did whatsoever. But here's the thing. Right. He's not admitting to ever hitting her back. He's being – he's either being very stubborn here. Or this woman is legitimately crazy and is really out to ruin this man's life for whatever reason. And I find that part hard to believe. Why, uh, after all of these years, is she going to wait? And why would, you know, you know, over some worked crush that he has on someone? That's <laughs> I, heard, I heard one person say, well, oh, Hanma's finally getting you know, famous, so now she wants her. <laughs> but it's Hanma. He's not... You think he's more famous? Is he really? Is Hanma really more famous than he was a year ago? I mean, supposedly he's 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 uh, that now would be the time that you would cash in on the big, you know, lie about Hanma hitting me story. Here's the other thing, too. OK, here's a guy who's arguably been one of the three or four most over people on the entire roster for what? Since he came back from the last time they shook in pretty much. Yeah. Yep. OK. And isn't it telling that they refuse to push him past a certain level? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've we've said it time and time again when people are like, oh, Hanma should win the New Japan Cup. Oh, Hanma should win. The, oh, no, they're never going to do that because they don't trust you know? the motherfucker. Right? They, they we've don't. been screaming that from the rooftops, Rich, forever. When people make that argument, they they don't. It's it's pretty clear that they didn't trust the guy. Look, this is a shady dude. Okay, and I don't want to hear. Oh, you have to judge one situation separately. Bullshit. This is a shady dude. <laughs> he just is. I mean, he's got a history and he's a shady guy. And there's there's a lot of circumstantial stuff here, which, you know, it speaks to his character. So look, I, I don't know. Look, I, I, I can't I don't know what you do if you're New Japan right now. Mm-hmm. I really think they're in an impossible spot. Well, and that's why I just haven't set out for a little bit. Send just figure home. it out send one way home. or another. Yeah, just send him home. Let's figure out what happens one way go or another. Go home, you, you know. we'll send you a paycheck, but go home. 
and you know, let's see how this gets sorted out. But the pro- I just don't know if it's a good situation if you have him out there and, and, and you know doing stuff and putting him on post and doing that stuff, and then you figure out, yeah, he's or, or like you said, then you get the situation where, where oh, I have an ex girlfriend, and yeah, he did the same thing to me, or oh, I'm you know a family member, he used to abuse, and then you're just like, oh god, and then you have this you know people looking at because he's gonna have you know bookings ahead of time, he's gonna be on poster, you know what I mean? Like th- that really gets murky then when it becomes so glaringly obvious that okay, this guy did it. And he's done it not only to her, but to many other people. And now he's on, you know, this New Japan, you know, advertising and posters. And also to me, that's just a no win situation. Whatsoever. Send I sent him home. But the, yeah. the problem is, I have a feeling this is never going to get. Uh, this is never. And that's. Out. Yeah. Now, I will give you the counter to this. Let's be fair. Did you ever hear about Marshall Falk's situation? Yep. Oh, you do. You're familiar with this. So yeah. Marshall Falk was accused of, I don't even remember if it was a girlfriend, a wife, an ex-girlfriend, a baby mama. I have no idea what. The, I don't remember what. Yeah, I forgot what the exact. But it was a woman, and at the bottom line, he was accused of slapping the woman around, and by by the woman, and, and he vehemently denied it. And this is where it gets dangerous as an employer and in the court of public opinion, because he vehemently denied it. And of course, when it comes to these sorts of things, this is like the one crime where it's like you almost have to prove your innocence because it's so disgusting that people just naturally assume you're a piece of shit and you did it. Well, you know, this ended up. Go in the court. I don't remember if it was a civil thing or I don't remember those details. I guess people can look it up if they're that interested in it. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. It was a civil case and it was uh, a former girlfriend who was also the mother of three of his children. There you go. And the point is his name ended up being cleared because her own family testified against her and said she was full of shit and was just trying to shake this guy down. And now, you know, 12 years, 15 years later, whatever it is, you never hear about this. And this is one of those rare cases where someone was accused of that, and now they're, they're not living with the stigma anymore because her own family testified against her. So what if this Achiki's own family comes out next week and says, listen, mm-hmm. he's never laid a hand on her. I mean, she's been talking about you know, doing this to him for years. And- well, I guess you can ask the mother. The mother would be a very <laughs> yeah, good witness because she was there apparently. You know, and look, I'm, not, I'm just saying that yeah. there's, always, there's, a, there's always more to every story, and you, you, you truly – you never know, which is why I say the company is in a tricky spot. Now, right. how many Marshall Falk stories are there? And then how many stories are – I mean it's, it's like 99% to 1% when these stories happen. Usually, the majority of the time, the guy is a piece of shit and he's been beating on the woman. But it, it's still – you know, he's, he's, as he, he's, not, he's not taking any responsibility. For it. He's denying everything. So what do you do? I mean, what do you do? It's kind of like yeah. people make this argument about the, you know, what's going on in the NFL all the time. It's like there's a lot of people hard line are like, look, if there's an accusation, these guys, like you said, get, send them home, kick them off or just kick them off team, get them out of your league. But here's the problem. You have roided up, testosterone filled, immature, 23 year old men who play a violent sport, who are violent by nature, who indeed most of the time when these stories come out. You know, these Greg Hardys and everybody else, they're pieces of garbage, and of course they're doing it. But here's the thing. They're dating immature 22, 23-year-old women who get in fights because they saw something they didn't like on someone's cell phone. And if you put in a unilateral rule that says these men are going to lose their careers based on accusations, you know for a fact that some of these people are going to go out there and throw out false ones just to stick it to these guys when they dump them or when they find out they're banging their cousin or whatever the case may be, Rich. You know what I'm saying? So you can't have these hardline unilateral rules either because then you're in, you know, then people can take advantage of that. 
Right. And that's where I think you use the pass. And that's where I, I, I say that for Hanma in the sense that, you know, I, he doesn't get that benefit of the doubt for me. He doesn't get the doubt uh, of, you know, 100 percent innocent until proven guilty because the man has been, you know, <laughs> like you said, he's been fired from here before where I think then. But I mean, that becomes a little trickier situation, of course. There's just a ton of stuff that goes into it. So, yeah, I don't know where New Japan does with this. I, I don't I would hate to be the decision maker that makes a decision one way or another on that. And of course, we'll keep kind of tabs on, on, on what's going on with the story or whatever. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I sort of agree that probably both ends are probably not lying, but uh, I, I tend to think that Hama probably is guilty of, of at least some of this uh, in, in a sense, and maybe she is as well. But uh, just a terrible situation all they around. Both, so. Look, they oh. both have sketchy histories, and that means yeah. that means something That's... to me. I, I I take that stuff into consideration. Yeah, you know, I they're they're probably just you know, it's just a big fucking. It, it, Unfortunately, I think we've all known people like this at some point in our lives. You know, you know, whether it was someone, whether you went through it, which you know, <laughs> hopefully not many people listening did, yeah, or you not. just, you know, or you knew people peripherally who just, you know, you're like, ugh, you know, guy's a real piece of shit, or just maybe some family member you don't talk to anymore because you know he's a piece of shit, or someone who used to be your friend who you don't associate with anymore, or, or you know, women too who you've seen, you know, be violent with their boy. Look, I had an ex-girlfriend, you know, she smashed a coffee cup across my face one time, and then, uh, you know, I don't blame and, her. Yeah, yeah, who could? Uh, but, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, but, you know, seriously, though, but this is a good example. Yeah. It's like, I probably should have broke up with her right then and there, right? You know, she's 19 years old. She's all fired up. We're getting, I, who knows what the argument was about at this? Who knows? You, you, you don't even remember what these arguments are about. And she took a coffee cup and she threw the coffee in my face and then she smashed the coffee cup a- across my lip and smashed it on my jaw. So, of course, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't bring up with her and I probably should have. And I stayed, I, you know, I stayed with her nine more years. OK, nine years later and we're having our our breakup fight. And, um, you know, she slaps, she paint brushes me across the face. And I kind of just, you know, I bit my lip and I shook my head like, all right, that, you know, I, that might've been coming. She paint brushes me across the face for a second time. Now I'm getting mad. Okay. I'm like, what the fuck? Right. She winds up for a third one. I catch the wrist. I'm like, look, you got it out of your system. You did it twice. You're not going to hit me again. And at that point, I think she realized how out of her mind she was at that point, and she calmed down enough, and she just left the house while I right. You just got to sort of reset yes. a little bit. Yeah. Oh. She left the house. I think she realized she was out of control at that point. She left the house to cool off, and I got my shit, and we broke up, and that that was that. But I mean, you know, it's 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 the kind of thing where you know I think. We can all relate to these sort of scenarios, unfortunately, in some way, whether you went through it yourself or you know somebody. So I think, you know, there's a high probability that both of these people are nuts. But who knows? Yeah. I, I I hope that we find out what really went on. And if New Japan fired him tomorrow without another – without anything else coming, I couldn't really kill him for that. If they, no, if they just said, you know what? Let's wipe our hands of this guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know – and and then you know and that's that's background. I, I think a lot of that is the background, and that's that's people were sort of arguing with us a little bit about that. But yeah, I mean, in the case of if it was somebody you know that was squeaky clean or whatever, then yeah, that would seem like like a rash decision. But when it's a guy like Hama, he doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt. I'm sorry, like it it's you know context and character matters. 
always does. And, and in his case, it, it does. There's, you know, always a thin line with him. So yeah, I, I'm with you on that. But uh, of course, yeah, just, a, just a, a terrible story that we started our week with in, in New Japan. But uh, and if you're dating someone who's who broke a coffee cup across your face, she's uh, probably going to hit you again at some point. That's, that's, that's another. <laughs> so you should have known. You should when she slapped you the first time. You're like, yeah, it's kind of my uh, point here. It's like you're act, like, ah, yeah. damn it, I'm dumb. I mean, you <laughs> like, know, it's I... the whole. Yeah, I, but seriously, that's I'm I'm, I'm making light. But it's, yeah. you know, they're probably going to do it again. I mean, if they do it once, you know what I mean? It's, it's the whole thing. You, oh, absolutely. The men- once you've crossed that line, I, I, I think, you know, people make, cause people, you know, there, there's, there's mistakes and then there's just get it, that level. I think is just a mistake that you don't really necessarily come back from in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think with, I just don't think you, you do that and then you go, okay, everything's good. And then it net, you know what I mean? Like, but I think it's important to say, I mean, we've taught women. Okay. If a man strikes you. There's a good chance if you let that go, he may kill you one day. And that's true. And you should get the hell away from a guy who puts his hands on you. But do we really teach men that? And maybe we should, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's maybe we don't do a good enough job teaching men the same thing. You know, if, if a woman's going to be violent towards you and you're going to let her be violent, you're opening the door to more of that down the line. And, and, and look, it, the dynamic's a little different because in general – the men are, are, you know, physically bigger and stronger and all of those things. But it, 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 but the, the principle is the same and the same terrible things can happen. If, you know, so I, maybe that's, that's something, maybe that can be part of this discussion. I don't know. Look, you know, that's not the kind of show we do. All right. And, and, and this is heavy. This is some heavy, dark stuff. But I mean, it, it, it's worth noting. I mean, because if she was the one beating on him and that led to him beating her, he's not off the hook for that. He should have got the fuck away from her when it, 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 when she first did it four years ago, like he claims. All right. So let's move on to uh, good news in new Japan. Oh wait, no, it's AJ styles and his back's hurt. So that's, uh, have you been reading this stuff or, or, or keeping up with this AJ styles situation going on right now? Yeah. I mean, why is he even on this tour? I, yeah, I mean that <laughs> I, I get that. You know, he's one of their top not guys. Anymore, and, so. Well, that's true. But no, isn't he still working the tag? No, he's I, I think they've the they've essentially. Yeah, I think the past maybe two or three. I've been keeping up the world tag. I'm catching up on some other stuff. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But no, they've been um, he's essentially that team looks like they're just going to forfeit their entire way out. We'll see. But they forfeited a couple of matches already, right? They did. Yeah. So he hasn't wrestled since the 27th. So right. I I would assume that they're probably just going to let him ride it out. Yeah, and I mean that's the right call because you know you know maybe you have him work the final, you know if it, especially if it's a tag match he doesn't have to do much. I mean if he's in a tag match he doesn't even have to bump. You know he can go in there do a couple spots get out. Right. Um, you know maybe do some walk and brawl or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean they they got bigger fish to fry here. He needs to be ready for that Nakamura match and that match needs to deliver. So. That needs to be the sole focus. And oh, by the way, he has a Ring of Honor pay-per-view main event coming up too. <laughs> exactly. That, yeah. that they have to think about. So it's probably the right call just just you know, uh, just just to not have him wrestle at this point. But um, so yeah, I don't know what else, what much more there is to add. I mean, I can't. Yeah, that's that's it for that. But uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, kind of story right now. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that, of course. And like you said, the bigger issue is is not the World Tag League and and, and that sort of stuff. It's all about having him healthy for Wrestle Kingdom because that's you know that's your second you know that's that's a match you're you're building. I mean, people are gonna 
watch it for that match. I mean, it's the main event's going to be the key, but that's that's right there. I mean, it's it's neck and neck with it, and that's going to be a big part. Nakamura is a big deal. Styles is a big deal, both you know domestic and, and abroad. So it it. It'll be interesting to see, but yeah, him sitting out the rest of the tag league, I think, is the best idea. Or like you said, if you have to have him in the finals, but I would almost just say, dude, do whatever, just don't even come. You, you know, what I mean, maybe it, it might even be the the physical nature of getting to the show and hanging out in the bed and that sort of stuff. That it's just you know, chill, do whatever you need to do, sit in your bed, get you know, <laughs> get therapy, do whatever, just don't come out. There, there's no need for it. It's a world tag league. Who cares? You know, Completely. speaking of who cares. <laughs> um, our reviews have been great for the World Tag League. Rugun and Brandon Howard doing a fantastic job covering that event, doing sort of doing a tag team um, uh, review style where you know one takes one show, one takes the other. It's been it's been really good stuff, really fun stuff. Uh, have you been keeping up with the World Tag League? Because I just admitted I have not, and I haven't watched a second of it, unfortunately. I watched Kirk and Show. Okay. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that show? Maybe quickly. It was a really good show. I think everyone should watch it. It was a good show, top to bottom. The semi-main event was great. The uh, main event was great. The opener was uh, – a couple of the prelim matches were a lot of fun. Um, that show was worth my time. What I've been doing is keeping an eye on the reviews, seeing what people are saying. I think this is the kind of time of year where everyone kind of checks out for a while on New Japan with this tour. But that – the tour opener from Corican was definitely a show that's worth taking a look at. That That is not a waste of your day. And it was a good show all the way through. There wasn't even a ton of skippable stuff on it. So – um, if you want to get a little taste, maybe you want to just get a little taste of the World Tag League, I would recommend watching that show. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can see from our reviews as well. And that's it's something we've we've talked about last year. And, and you know, it was, it was the same situation last year where we try to watch every single one of the shows. Um, there was, you know, bits and pieces here and there on, on certain shows that were pretty good. So for people that, that aren't really quite seeing it. But the finals, I mean, I remember the finals being a pretty decent show, um, if I remember correctly. And then there was one show, I think the... The semi or the maybe the show before the finals, I remember being pretty good, but a lot of it's just kind of filler, and and the guys use it as a way to sort of take off as well. Um, you've seen a lot of the guys sort of, you know, given partial efforts on certain shows, you know, taking time off. Everyone's trying to get healthy for Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, that's we know that that's the thing, and last year was particularly because you had the, the crazy G1, and and the year before that too was just insane as well. This year, obviously, the G1 was a little bit calmer in that sense but it's still a time for people to just kind of get healthy so i know there's been people that have been sort of disappointed by the outputs in terms of the crowd reactions you know where they've been running all that sort of stuff but it, th- that's it that's the world tag league i mean if it's your first rodeo this is it i mean it's not really like a shockingly bad tour by their standards if that makes sense i i don't know i couldn't tell you i only saw the opening show so and the, the rest yeah for what i'm gathering from the reviews it, it, it's it's business as usual i haven't read anything so. that's made me say i gotta go watch all right night four um, what I'm going to do is before the final and, well, no, I think last year I watched most of the shows, but I, what I'll do this year is no, we watched just about everything last year. Cause we were the ones reviewing it. You and I, I think, yeah. Right? So, so, you know, I'll go through and I'll watch the matchups that I'm interested in. And the thing is too, with these shows, if you want to just bounce around and cherry pick, you know, always remember the main event is where they're going to put in the most effort and you're, you're generally going to get the best match of the night. You know, if it's, if you, there's two interesting matchups and one of them is the third match on the show and one is the main event, watch the main event. That's just the way you know New Japan runs their shows. You know, it was funny because when I was going through the Global League shows, when Noah ran their Global League a couple months back, um, none of the matches were worked differently. Like, it was strange. Like, the main events were the same nine-minute matches that the third match on the card were you know what i mean which oh yeah yeah absolutely and it's like you know it's it's a lot of that was 
you know, you watch these shows in front of these depressing Noah crowds, and I just got the sense that they didn't feel like killing themselves in front of 400 people who didn't give a fuck what they were doing. Um, whether that was the case or not, you know, the main events were worked exactly the same as the third match on the show. New Japan isn't like that. They're, you know, the, the, the main event is typically, you know, most of the time going to be a longer match and a match that's worked harder than, you know, a prelim match. So I would recommend doing that. Check out some of the main events that look intriguing. I know I'm going to go back and gonna, I'm going to watch um, some of the stuff with the addiction because I want to see how they acclimate themselves to the New Japan atmosphere. So I definitely want to get a feel for that. Catch up on those kingdom matches for sure. Oh, yes. I mean, there's no question. <laughs> um, I mean, those matches are getting torn to shreds in our reviews. So, you know, as they should, you know, because they suck. They <laughs> I haven't seen them, but I'm, I'm sure they suck. It's, so it's, you know, it's, it's so it's not just us picking on them. I mean, it, it's as you can see, other people can't stand it either. Well, we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but uh, we asked for feedback on stuff people liked and disliked about this year in Japan, and I will tell you many, many times the kingdom's name uh, was brought up, and I don't believe it was brought up ever in the like column. So Let's, let's uh, bounce right into that then. Yeah, let's, let's do that. So I was kind of going through the reviews, and I, I texted you about this idea that I had in my mind of uh, just something to little talk about, sort of a big picture thing, because there's not a lot of news. There's not a lot of raw news. We basically are, are done with stuff that's important to, to New Japan, nothing really big going on in WWE. America, you know, there's not too much going on in, in that sense, but... I want to talk about this topic because I'm going through and we're, we're doing, of course, the, the, the ebook we did last year. We debuted the uh, 2014 uh, New Japan Year in Review ebook, and we're doing it again this year, obviously, for 2015. Uh, and I was going through and I, I was reading some of the reviews and, and you know, posting them up on the site, everything that we've done, which is just crazy. When you, when you look at the difference of this website from January to December, it, like, it, makes, you so, it, it makes you appreciate how long a year really is. You know, sometimes I feel like a year fly by, flies by, and then I read these reviews, and I'm like, man, this seems like decades ago. I mean, like, Jason Felix is reviewing, like, a road to, you know, the New Japan Cup show. You know what I mean? Like, that just feels like ages ago. That doesn't feel like 10 months ago, does it? Jason Felix did a review this year? Yes, he did, like, five. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought he was, I thought he was done it halfway through last year. Wait, for our site? Yes, yeah. This, like, 2015? Yeah, I could. I was looking at it. I went, am I looking at the right ones? Um, there was a bunch. There was, what was the uh, New Japan Dash? I think that, or New Year's Dash or whatever. He did that one. Um, a few of the, the buildups there, because there was a lot of those early, um, well, now we've sort of gotten used to it, but at first we were like, oh my God, New Japan World is showing like a random show. Like, we have to cover oh, this. Right, and that, right. I'm glad we did. But there was a lot of crap that we were like, oh, they don't even have commentary on this show here. <laughs> Jason, take it or whatever. You know, so because we thought that was going to be a rarity that, oh my God, they're just going to show, you know, whatever show ever. Yeah, you know, there's basketball hoops everywhere and they're just going to put a steady cam on there. And we decided to review it. And I'm glad we did because in the end, I think we reviewed every single show that New Japan We're World. missing one show. And I oh there was now, that I know one. what show it is now now here's the thing so we're working on the book again right correct so we're gonna put out the new Japan book the 2015 year book and I remember dear God it's gonna be so massive <laughs> it's unbelievable how big it is already and I'm I'm like halfway through the reviews alone one, are so, the size of a book yeah it's now yeah. now <laughs> now here's the thing I know what show it is because I remember when we missed it and I I in one of our uh, you know backroom voices Is it the junior tag league quiet don't oh. start speculating I'm, I'm i'm getting to a point here oh it's so, like a secret review so that people are gonna I, have to buy the i book want them i want to see if people can figure out the <laughs> one show that we didn't review on the website yeah. this year because remember i offered to go back and do it and you and mccarran were like i mean i don't think anyone gives a shit 
So that kind of tips people off. It wasn't an important show, obviously. But there's one show missing that slipped through the cracks. And I don't know how it did, honestly. I don't even think you know how it did. No, everybody forgot. I mean, it was one of those weird things where, I, like, I think I woke up or maybe the next day and I said, oh, shit, we didn't review this. Or, like, I didn't schedule anybody or nobody mentioned it. It was weird. Yeah, so I forgot. I'm actually blanking on the exact tour and I won't I won't. I was it worried I'm... about the statistics, Rich, because we're, we're going to have these intensive, you know, star rating statistics because we've had such <laughs> a wide range of people reviewing shows and we think we're going to get, you know, some pretty awesome results out of it. And I was like, we can't have a show missing. So the completest – right. I was like, I got to go back and review the show. But it, you know, you guys talked me out of it, and now the show is never going to get reviewed obviously because now it's months and months old. But I want to see if people can figure out. I want to see what lunatic goes through the New Japan archives and compares it to the reviews in the books <laughs> because you know someone's going to do that. And, oh, absolutely. Someone's waiting right now and, and, and guessing right now. And absolutely. Someone's going through right now. probably going through the website right now. And they'll probably get figured out before the book comes out. Someone's going to figure it out. But yeah, there's one show we didn't review. But the point is the book is going to be huge. I mean, the reviews alone, just because like you said, New Japan World aired so many shows and reviewed every single one of them except for that one. That's crazy. It's 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 huge. And, and by the way, if, if you did want to participate in it, we are taking uh, pitches for like essays and, and written essays or whatever. Uh, you can contact me, Rich, at voiceofwrestling.com. If that's something you want to get involved in, if you you know want to write about something, we're, we're basically open to the topic. We just want – it has to be about New Japan Pro Wrestling in 2015. It's very open. We've had a ton of great pitches. We've had some articles already sent to us and stuff. Really good, really, really, really in-depth stuff. And that's what we want out of that essay section. So don't do it if you're going to write you know 200 words and, and just kind of say something really quick. It's got to be big in-depth, well-researched, well-thought-out sort of stuff. But if that sounds like you and that sounds like something you're interested in, rich at voicesofwrestling.com. I'd definitely like to to hear from you there because, uh, yeah, it's going to be an awesome book and we got a lot of stuff planned for it, a lot of really cool stuff and, and I can't wait for it to come out. But leading off, you know, this segment, I, I was going through the reviews and I'm looking at stuff and and I think it was Invasion Attack. Yeah, it was an Invasion Attack and I'm reading the review and I'm going, man, this was such a good show. And I remember, you know, I haven't been in really, really, really excited about New Japan in, in, in probably the last half a year. There's been some good stuff, the matches I've enjoyed by and large, but the, the booking we've sort of talked about is, is maybe at some point gotten a bit of a malaise, gotten a little stale. Uh, and the, I'm looking at that Invasion Attack show, and that's where you had Kota Bushi, who just won the New Japan Cup, and he's facing you know AJ Styles. Uh, you know Omega makes the little look at at Ibushi, and we're going, oh boy, they're building up to an Omega Ibushi, you know, pretty soon. And then you know Omega is sort of batting eyes with AJ Styles at one point. Uh, during AJ Styles's you know celebration, and we're going, oh no, the Bullet Club's you know falling apart or whatever. And then you have stuff like Kushida was rising up to junior ranks. You know, eventually you were assuming he was going to win. You know, Okada was coming back um, from his redemption tour and had just beaten Fale. So there was a lot of stuff coming through. And then I I, I kind of thought about it. And I went, man, you know, I was really excited after the show, and then now you know I'm not so excited. And this, this, and this. And I basically wanted to think of of things we've liked and disliked this year in New Japan. You know, just sort of a big picture topic about New Japan in this year. And and Joe, maybe I'll ask you first before. Uh, we we got listener feedback. Uh, is there anything off the top of your head? Maybe we'll start with likes. Something that you really, really liked this year about New Japan? The first week of the G1 I thought was incredible. Um, it was just a slap in the... And remember, it was just like people had... We always sort of uh, assumed that the G1 is going to suck this year. You know, like, oh, it's never going to be as good as X. It's never going to be as good as this year or that year or the last year or whatever. And then, yeah, that first week just came and said, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> We're going to be great again. The first week of the G1 was like, God, no other company can do what, what they do. In, yeah. in the, you know what I mean? That It's like that's what happens you know, in New Japan. You, you get down on it sometimes, and then they do things like that, or they have a show, a, bit, a great show, or 
you know, a great G1 or something, and you're like, wow, it just smacks you in the face, and you're like, that's why New Japan's been on this hot run for the last three or four, because no one, no other company can do that. You know what I mean? That first week with all those matches, and I don't, you know, remember them all off the top of my head, but Tanahashi Shibata and AJ versus Shibata and all those great matches the first week of that G1, that, that stands out for me as, you know, when I look back at 2015 New Japan, that'll probably be always be the first thing that pops in my head about, um, you know, the positives about the year. Yeah, and as far as uh, dislike, what's one dislike you've had this year? I would say the repetitive matches would be high on the list. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, Makabe and Ishii wrestled each other far too many times. Um, the the never thing was was overdone. Um, that stands out probably more than anything else. As that 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 feud bothered me. And the fact that Ishii got that last title shot bothered me more than anything else mm-hmm. they did this year. I think so. I, I'm right with you on that. I think that was one of my top things as well. Because I've always thought of that title as a really good way to sort of move guys in and out. Guys that maybe are not quite at that world title level. Uh, maybe not quite at the IC level. But really, be, you got the rest of the roster there. It's a never open weight title. You know what I mean? Like there, There's really no restrictions on who can you know go for it, who can defend it, who can win it, and all that sort of stuff. And then it just it never went anywhere this entire year. It was just those two guys it seemed like and and just trading trading the title trading wins tra- it just it it never really it never really clicked and then like you said again Ishii getting the you know the title shot after just losing like blatantly losing and, and didn't deserve it in any way shape or form and then he ends up going back and and, and you know winning the, it's it's there was just a yeah the, the never title was was one of the big things for me another big one for me and this was mentioned by a few people as well we'll get to you know people's feedback as well and i think the staleness of the tag division and that you can go with either one. I, I think the junior tag was pretty good by and large this year. I actually enjoyed a lot of it. The main tag, though, God, was that just a waste I of think, year for I think tag. the junior tag gets beat up too much. Yeah, I don't think it's I'm, I don't I'm, think look, it's I don't think it's the hottest division in the world or anything, but there's a lot of good teams and the matches never disappoint. The matches are always pretty good. And, and I don't think much like to me, I don't know if it's much that really like I, I don't know if if and maybe this is something they could do, but I don't know. I don't know necessarily that winning those titles really elevates a team above one another. Or at this point, I just kind of, when those matches go on, I don't really care who the champion is that much. Cause I just want to see a good match. And I just want to see these guys go out there for 12 minutes and have a really good, and they do that almost every single almost time. And they've done that this time. year. Compared. Yeah. And they've done that this year with a lot of really good teams too. Cause I like the influx of, uh, of Seidel and Ricochet getting in there a few times, uh, you know, red dragon becoming, you know, regulars or whatever. I think by and large, the junior division had a really, really good year. Heavyweight tag, absolutely abysmal year all around. Yeah, the, the 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 difference the difference is, I mean, look, and again, I don't think the junior tag scene is any kind of red hot scene. It's not like I, I you know, I'm chomping at the bit every month to, to see the junior tag team title match. But it's like you say, those matches always delivered. They always went out there and gave you three and a half stars minimum, even in the three and four ways that we're tired of. After the, those matches are over, you're like, hey, you know what? That entertained me for 11 minutes. You know. Whereas with the heavyweight tag team scene, that's just an absolute death zone. Once Guns and Gallows won them back from Shibata and Goto, the heavyweight tag team title scene, and that for 11 months of the year, because I think that was in February, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, correct. So for 11 months of the year, that division was just an absolute zilch. It was it was a nothing division. It was com- it was a complete and total 
wasteland. It was a wasteland of guns and gallows the, and the kingdom. And nobody wants to see it. those two. Those are two of the I, I would say. And based on the feedback we got on Twitter, I, I you know, I, I think that most people agree that those are the two acts in New Japan that nobody cares about guns and gallows and the kingdom. And, and that's who those titles were centered around all year long. And unlike the junior division, where even if you're frustrated with the booking, which is completely understandable, um, at least the match is delivered. Nothing delivered in the heavyweight tag team title scene. Yeah. Booking, the matches, nothing. It was just an absolute wasteland. Yeah, and one of the things that I've always kind of banged the drum for the tag division is that I don't. I think it would be really beneficial to have guys. If there's nothing that these guys are doing for a little while, you know, put a random team together and have them, you know, go for those titles. We talked about it many times before. How awesome would an Okada Gato, you know, tag runner, or at least one title defense, one where they get a title shot and go, hey, you know, what are you doing this month? Ah, nothing. All right, let's let's go for the tag title. You know, something like that might be. It, it would just be fun to just see different teams in there and just not see the same old crap because it. And that, that was the problem is you had a big big roster of super talented guys and you know 90 percent of them were just kind of doing nothing on, on most months or not really doing much you know in six-man tags and doing that sort of stuff and then you had this tag thing and it, the, the tag titles it's the same fucking four guys every single time you're like nah come on like you know and then that's I, I don't know i don't know what you do with that i don't know if you maybe break the weight class or or just get a little more creative with it i don't think there needs to be a whole lot of like reform i just think they need to get more creative it's just, with they, don't, it. just, it's just they don't care it's, it's right. very obvious that they don't care um, and, and I, I think it's like, you know, on those shows where there's no IWGP title match and, you know, Okada or whoever happens to be champion is in some random six man or in some random tag match. It's like you say, why not have Okada and Yoshihashi do a little one month program where they go after the tag champs? I mean, you're going to have them in a tag match anyway on that show, right? So why not give it a little juice? You know, but but they there's no outside the box thinking with the tag teams in that company ever at all. I mean, there just isn't. So it's just something that when we look back historically at this era of New Japan, it's going to be like when people look back at all Japan, right? Because you're still going through the all Japan. Yeah, yeah. You know, I started chugging through That's actually this month as I've not been watching the World Tag League. I've been blowing through that, and I'm all the way through uh, 1991 now, and and really, 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 really loving it. Because um, I'm really starting to get to the period where where I can sort of identify with the work rate and all that sort of stuff as well. It's 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 been great. It's been a lot of fun. Right. So that it's like when people look back at that at all Japan from that era, you know, Baba ignored the juniors. I mean, you know, it, it just did. It, it, it meant nothing. It, it got no booking. Um, the priority whatsoever and it's just he ignored people are going to look back at this era of new japan and they're going to and and historically and say this is when new japan completely ignored the heavyweight tag teams so you know it just is what it is um it's it's really bad it's dry um and 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 a lot of it is the teams that are involved look rich i'm dying for the days when Tenkoji faced Killer Elite Squad, <laughs> I know we, we laughed, and now it. How much better was that though? And it, uh, and that was, at least the matches were good. Yeah, at, right. At least the matches were okay. Like every month we'd go, "Fuck, these teams are facing each other again," and then we'd go, and then we'd review the show and say, "Oh, you know what? The match over delivered. It was a nice little match in the middle of the show." And in those days, it was over two different sets of belts because the NWA titles were in the mix. They they had two titles in the mix. And still, and it was still the same two teams fighting over the same two titles. Think about that. You know, 
now it's like, you know, that's how much they just don't care about the tag teams in this company, in this era. But, that, you know, that repetitive shit, and they face each other, what, 14 times that year, I think it was? Or something, something like that, ridiculous yeah. On, on pay-per-view or, you know, on, on big shows. And it's like I, I am I'm longing for the days to watch those two teams face each other 14 times rather than to watch the kingdom ever wrestle once ever again on the New Japan show or watch another Guns and Gallows uh, uh, tag team title match. I just can't take it. And then nobody likes it. No one likes this stuff. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, well, damn near universal. No one. Likes the, the feedback is, is is fantastic in terms of that. Uh, well, one thing that I like before we kind of get into a little bit of what you guys had to say, uh, I think one of the biggest things I liked is is booking aside. I haven't really been you know very motivated by it. It really hasn't done much for me. It hasn't really lit me on fire. But w- this year in general, I mean, the in ring has been awesome. Like when we really do this, and, and the match of the month project that we've done has sort of shined some light on just how good of a year it has been for New Japan. I mean, they have dominated the top of that list, and rightfully so. When you go and look at the the, the, the high-level, you know, four-star and above matches, maybe four-and-a-half-star and above matches that, that are on, you know, this year in New Japan, even, you know, even objective people. There are some, there's so many matches here that you look at and you go, okay, you know, maybe you didn't love Abushi uh, and Nakamura all that much. Cool. Well, there's probably 10 others that you love or what, you know what I mean? Like there's just so much, it's so deep. And, and a lot of it started off that first night or, or you know, January 4th, you got Abushi and Nakamura right out of the gates, Okada and Tanahashi out of the gates. Uh, in February, you had Hanma Ishii. Uh, match that was just legitimately awesome. Uh, they had another one, you know, obviously in November. Uh, the Kota Bushi AJ Styles one that I mentioned from Invasion Attack was a fantastic match. I love the Kushida Kyle O'Reilly match as well, and that was um, I believe match. in June. Yeah. yeah, that was one. I think that might have been my one of my favorite New Japan, if not one, if not my favorite New Japan match this entire year. Um, you know, just tons of stuff. Tanahashi Ibushi had a really good match. I remember, I think that was G One, right? The G- was that July? G One was loaded with great matches. Yeah, I mean, I think like the like you almost have to forget. You almost have to go back and and on cage match just do like a July and August 2015 search because you're gonna forget a lot of these ones. And I don't blame you. I mean, it's it's. You know what was funny about the G1 is it played out. It's like remember when everyone was burying Tanahashi for dead in the first half of the year. Yes. You know he was he wasn't doing much of anything. He was happy. They put him in the feud with Yano, which we all suspected was just a physical breather because Yano matches are easy. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all Yano with his antics. And people were wondering, is this guy finished? Remember, it wasn't that long ago that that was a legitimate talking point. Right. You know, and that feels like it was a million years, uh, uh, a million years ago. And you know why? Because it's like we said at the time, let's see how Tanahashi performs in the G1. That'll tell the story of whether this guy's uh, finished or not. And the first week of that G1, the guy has three or four match of the year contenders. And then that narrative was just, you know, you, you took out your shovel, you dug a hole, and you buried that six feet under. The idea that. Yeah, because now he's, he's having good matches outside of New Japan as right. well. So, and then, and ever know, his, since, DDT, his DDT run's been fabulous. Ever since the G1, the guy's been having great matches, yeah. and he's been doing some of the best character work of his career in both New Japan and DDT. Um, and, and that narrative is just got, was quickly put to bed. So that's another thing you mentioned that some of these things feel like they're years and years ago. That's another thing. This talk that is Tanahashi finished as an elite worker. Well, the answer is a definitive no, you know, and, uh, you know, the G one, it's like you say, sometimes you forget, you really got to go back and look. And, and then you remember, look, we haven't even mentioned Michael Elgin yet. And it's like, you know, Michael Elgin came into the G one. And 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 for you know he he you can argue that he revived his career thanks to the G one. 
I mean, he really was going. His, I don't think you could. I, it's not arguable. I don't think I think he yeah, His did. wheels yeah. were spinning in this country. And, you know, he, there, there was this, you know, people had turned on him and had turned on him for a year or two. And then he goes to Japan at G1. And remember, you can't find these people with a search party now, Rich. I mean, you, you know, you, you can't find them. But these people were – it's a huge mistake. Michael Elgin couldn't, shouldn't be in the G1. He's going to be terrible. He's going to be awful. He's going to ruin it. He's going he's to ruin the G1. He's going to ruin New Japan. The guy goes out there and he's arguably the MVP of the tournament in a tournament where a bunch of people were really fucking great. And he revived his career and he converted a lot of those people into fans. And, you know, the whole Big Mike thing where we could sit here and pat ourselves on the back again. We have definitive proof that we sent out the first. I saw Kevin Kelly. I said Kevin Kelly was dropping that last week on ROH TV. Stokely Hathaway, who follows us, by the way, if you're listening to this, Stokely. Yeah. I heard call him Big Mike as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is, Don't forget where that came which, from, sir. It's fine, but we're still waiting for somebody to say, <laughs> hey, thanks, Big Joe, for sending out that tweet. But, uh, but you know, what? I'm waiting for the big checks, those big ring of honor I like checks. the big, big checks, Sinclair. yes. How about the big, the big Sinclair check? I want I want an oversized big Sinclair check. But uh, Good point, good point. Big checks, big Mike. Because, you know, if there's one thing Sinclair is, is is always willing to do, it's write big checks for big people. So. Big, big Mike, how about a big check? <laughs> and, you know, I, I had a screen cap of that tweet that I was going to show him when I went to the uh, Ring of Honor show. but he was Yeah, but you're checking out. He wasn't one of the guys out there signing mm-hmm. gimmicks. Because he knew. Well, he knew. He listened. He knew Joe Lanza was coming for him. Stokely. Stokely probably tipped him off. Somebody tipped him off, you know? So a rat. Yeah, he, it's, he, I believe there was. But, uh, but yeah, we didn't even talk about Elgin, and he revived his career in the G1. And, um, you know. Remember Abushi Naito in March? Abushi Naito in March. Yeah. What show? Give me the name. Because of the, of the New Japan Cup. Oh, New Japan Cup. Yeah, Abushi yeah. had a couple of the, the Goto match. I mean, uh, the first half of Abushi's year was just incredible. Yeah. And that's something, that, again, it feels like decades ago when, when you talk about that, because that was a guy who was like a surefire, okay, this is a, a wrestler of the year. This is the most outstanding candidate. Of course, he's fallen on you know pretty hard times in the last half of the year. But, yeah, I mean, you look at that first half, I mean, it seems like so, so long ago. And that's that's kind of why I wanted to do this topic as well, so we could sort of look at the whole year, because I think sometimes we get so focused a little bit. And now we're doing this ebook and we're, we're doing the end-of-the-year awards or whatever. So it's time to kind of look back and, and look at this stuff. And, yeah, it seems like decades ago that Abushi was just killing it each and every night. I think he won our first – three or four uh, match of the months or something like that. I forgot what it was or four of the first five. Or, it was just every single time he was going out there, he was just killing it. And his body fell apart. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. And, you know, he, he's, he's, you know, he, now that's a guy. See, it was Tanahashi the beginning of this year. The, the theme of 2016 is going to be, is Kota Ibushi finished as a top level worker because of the concerns with his body? I mean, that's going to be a legitimate narrative heading into 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, when it looked like the first half of this year, this guy had all the momentum in the world, and we thought we were really on the verge of something. He was having the best in-ring career of his uh, in-ring year of his career, month after month. Every time the guy stepped in the ring, he was having a, a match of the year contender, and then his body fell apart on him. You know, he had a pretty good G1, and then from there, he just actually he 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 had some pretty good matches. I mean, he had. Uh, um, it was the, oh the names of these shows always elude me. Um, he just headlined again the, the Makabe match. I mean, he had a pretty decent match with Makabe. Was it the second half of Destruction? Is that what that was? Um, yeah, it was it was a Bushi. I'm blanking on that. 
destruction. Was that was that destruction? Yeah, I, I those I uh, the whole year is getting. <laughs> it was the it was the, mixed up. Was, I think you're it right. Was the destru- it was the smaller of the two destruction. Yeah, September, right? The end of the sub- uh, destruction. Okiyama. Yes, there we go. the bigger destruction show was Nakamura Goto. I don't know which. I don't remember which one of their matches, or if it was the last one or the or middle one. But the smaller of the two destruction shows. Yeah, the Okiyama one. Okay. Was was Makabe Ibushi, and he had a pretty decent match there. And then his body just gave out on him, and uh, we haven't seen him since. But it's like, do you think that it, it, it's obviously more advantageous when it comes to when people vote for awards and things to be better in the second half of the year, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, because God, it's yeah, fresher yeah. in people's minds. Because you're absolutely right. When you look well, if I vote Ibushi now, everyone's gonna go, "What the hell are you talking about? You're crazy!" You know, whatever. Like, Which is like if you voted Tanahashi, I think, and, and I voted Ibushi, more people would think I'm nuts than you. Excellent point. When if you would have said that in July, it's like you know what I mean. But it's like it's like Tanahashi feels like the more viable candidate now for for whatever award you know tickles your fancy. But in reality, he probably isn't. I mean, you know, Ibushi probably had, a, if you really want to break it down, had a much better year than Tanahashi. But Tanahashi got hot in August, and Ibushi started to tail off after August. So, I mean, a lot of times it's it's more advantageous to be better in the second half. It's it's kind of crazy to think about. And look at Naito, too. I mean, you know. Oh, God, that guy was dead in the water in, in, in June or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, nobody cared about Naito He was in June. dead in the water from Wrestle Kingdom when he lost when 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 they got voted into the semi main event slot until he came back <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. they because really you look at his if you go back and track his booking from when he lost that match at the Tokyo Dome 2 years ago or whatever it was when his push didn't take right and and take a look at his booking from that from between that match and from when he came back from Mexico and 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 did the Los Ingobernobles thing and it is. It was very clear that they had no fucking idea what to do with that guy after the push didn't take. That idea just blew up in their face. It didn't work, and he was just lost in the ether. I mean, he just had meaningless match after meaningless match for what for what was what a year and a half, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because the next year he 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 lost the gatekeeper match to AJ Styles at the Dome, right? And then for the first half of of this year, he was just kind of floating around doing nothing of particular uh, importance that no one's going to remember. And then he came back. He had some solid matches in there, but yeah, that, nothing of importance. Sure. There. That's I mean, what I mean. Like his match quality was fine all that time, but it's like he, they never booked him to do anything important or anything meaningful. And then he comes back from Mexico and he's a whole, it, 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 everything has changed. You know, he's going to be, you know, the guy who people are going to look to, to be the breakout star in 2016 for this company. And I, you know, and, and that's, it's, and it, and before he came back from Mexico, that, that nobody would have guessed that. I came on this show and said that he was dead forever. <laughs> right. I, I, I came on that. this show and I said that him and Goto were finished forever. And they yeah toast yeah they they will they 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 were they were they were oh going to be upper mid card for life, and we're never going to break through because their times had passed. And it just goes to show what how a big time gimmick change can make. People like me look like a complete idiot because now it looks like this guy is on the verge of totally breaking out way bigger than he, than people thought he was ever going to break out before at, when he was just doing his, you know, old school baby face routine that he had been doing for years and years. It's crazy. You know, I, I think my exact words were it would require a plane crash with about eight people on it. <laughs> 
<laughs> for Naito and Goto to ever get pushed at the top again. And at the time, it didn't seem like a controversial statement at all. It was after Invasion Attack that I said that, as a matter of fact. Because we were all excited about um, you know, the main event of Invasion Attack and all the things that went on that you mentioned earlier. And I said, you know who's really getting lost in the shuffle here? As we see guys like Ibushi come up, as we see guys like Omega get teased, as we see AJ Styles now firmly entrenched as a drawing main eventer, it's Naito and Goto. It's Naito and Goto who get left behind. And now look, it's only been, what, seven, seven, eight months or whatever later, and that, that whole outlook has shattered. So you never know. There could be somebody on that roster right now who we're completely disregarding. And, it, you know, four or five months later, you know, who knows? You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy how quickly things change. One thing about New Japan, uh, and, and then I guess we'll get to what some of the listeners had to say, but the one thing about this year is how quickly the fortunes of people can change. That's really the theme. We talked about Tanahashi, how quickly his fortunes change at G1. Uh, Mike Elgin, big Mike Elgin, how quickly his fortunes change. Naito, Ibushi, in both directions now. Fortune, fortunes have changed for people in both directions drastically, almost on a dime, with so many different people on the roster. And I think that's a big theme for New Japan this year. Absolutely. All right, let's get to some of the feedback. We had tons of stuff from a ton of people, and I think it's all really good stuff. So we'll talk a little bit about it, and we'll kind of react uh, to it. Senior Lariotto was the first one who responded. The great, great Senior Lariotto, one of the best Twitter accounts. I, I, I'd say top five, would you say? Just a vital. Like, if you're a wrestling fan and you don't follow him, you're just doing Twitter wrong, I think. A great, Absolutely doing a great man, Senior Lariotto. Absolutely. Uh, he says, liked Los Ingobernables and the way they set up Okada and Tanahashi this, this year. Uh, but I disliked how Goto's IC title run was so tied to Nakamura. What do you think about that? Here's the thing about the Nakamura thing. And, and look, he's been involved in something like every single intercontinental title match going back for like two years or something like that. Isn't that a fact? Something like that. Yeah, I think they're – yeah, no, you're, you're right. I think I, I – I think I wrote that or, or researched that, but yeah, no, he's he's been involved in some way, shape, or form with every every IC single match IC title match right. going back for like two years. In this is one of those things where in the moment it's frustrating for people, and twenty years from now, people will look back on it with a completely different outlook. Twenty years from now, some wrestling fan who isn't even born yet is going to go back and and look at Nakamura's IC title run. And it's going to be looked back with reverence as one of the greatest, you know, of this era of New Japan as a classic, you know, oh, man, remember when Nakamura dominated the IC title, all those great matches he had. The problem is in real time, people are getting sick of it because they want something fresh. It's one of those things that's going to look a lot better in the future that he dominate that this title was dominated by by this man. Uh, one more thing from Cynthia Lariotto. Uh, he says, I like that the joint, show, uh, the joint shows rather have allowed guys like Ishii uh, to main event, but it stretched the overall quality a bit thin. Oh, he's talking about the split And that's just business. Yeah. Split shows. Yeah. New Beginning and um, uh, Destruction. Destruction, oh, uh, destruction like we just said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Destruction, New Beginning, the split pay-per-views. I, look, I – kind of like it too i you know it it's i i think it gives more focus to those secondary titles um like like we just talked about the makabe abushi match you know that would have been like fourth or fifth or you know third from the top at best if those two shows were combined now i get it people don't want to sit through the undercard filler when they split those shows and that's look it's a double-edged sword i can see why people don't like the split shows but i can kind of see why 
you know, guys like Senior Lariato and myself kind of don't mind them. And the thing is, it, it, it's it, they only do it twice a year. It's not like they're splitting every paper. You know, they're not splitting power struggle. They're not splitting invasion attack. It's new beginning. It's destruction. You know, one tour that's kind of in the beginning of the year and then another set of shows that's kind of towards the end of the year. So they split them up nicely. I don't really have a major problem with it. And from a business perspective, it's obviously the right thing to do because they sell a lot. If As long as they keep selling tickets to these shows, they're going to keep doing it. Uh, we got one from here. I'll scroll down here a little bit. Original Bonsky, which is another great uh, Twitter account as well. Uh, likes Naito and Shibata. Dislikes outrageously stale product, holding pattern booking, and Americanization. Let's 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 talk maybe about that last point. I think because we've talked a little bit about the others. Uh, the Americanization uh, of New Japan this year, in terms of just a lot of gaijins coming in. You know, the best of the Super Juniors. Uh, the Final Four were all American workers, or American or Canadian or North American or whatever uh, you want to do. But yeah, what, what do you think of that? point is there anything to that yes i don't like i mean we can go back and and the, like with the kingdom i mean that's a perfect example yeah right oh yeah, yeah i mean um you know the maria stuff and what goes on in the kingdom matches yeah right yeah and you know um you know some people don't like it and they can't stand it i mean you know, rue gun can't stand the fact that you know how they you know, and and others don't like how the camera focuses on her ass constantly. And it, and look, that, that does suck. And I don't like that either. I don't watch wrestling for that. And it is cringy. Even, you know, and, and, and I just, and, and I don't like the aspect of it for what Bonsky said. It's the Americanization of their, of those matches. And it's, it doesn't, I've screamed about it on the show. To me, I don't watch New Japan for that. I get that on Monday. I can get that when I watch TNA. I can get that when I watch, you know, other, I watch New Japan. Uh, well, if you want to watch, if you want to see someone's ass, th- there's many, many ways to do that. And not even just and- from that perspective. Like, I, look, I never like smut in my wrestling. I'm just not into it. I, I it's, yeah. it's it's because like you said there's other ways. If I, when I want to see smut, I can find smut. <laughs> yeah, smut is not hard to find these days. Yeah, I, will, I, I don't think that makes I, I, gone are the days where I because I really used to look forward to like smut in, in the Attitude Era because that was like you know I'm I'm 11 or 12 or whatever and I'm seeing stable and I'm like whoa you know what I mean and then like now the internet's there I'm like. I don't care. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, I see boobs very easily if I want to. So it's, it's Miss, not very hard. Missy Hyatt hosting WCW Pro with Jim Ross. That's a lot. A lot of boys turn it into men for Missy yes, Hyatt. Yes, sir. That used to be the height of my titillation for the week. I mean, you don't need that anymore. <laughs> not baby doll, though, which we'll talk about. Not a baby bit later. doll. God no. That <laughs> is, baby doll wasn't even... I think the best the best comment about baby doll that came across our Twitter feed this week when uh-huh. I was talking about it, and I would I cannot remember who said it because I want to give the dude credit. But he said, you know, that baby doll, that's a sturdy woman. <laughs> you know, and that's per isn't that perfect? She is a sturdy woman. That is for sure. She had like um, a rugged smoker voice too. Yeah, there was a lot she there. Is, she is indeed rugged. She is, I think I said the other day. <laughs> Because, you know, the, the holidays are coming and Thanksgiving just passed or whatever. It's like she's that aunt that everybody has or she's that aunt or cousin who's like lives in a house who they let her out for the holidays. And she comes over for Thanksgiving and just everyone's uncomfortable because she's there. Like that's, <laughs> She might bartend. She might bartend as well. Yeah. Like that's baby doll. And like she has no self-awareness that everyone's uncomfortable that she's there. She has no self-awareness that whoever's hosting the Thanksgiving dinner is making sure she's not stealing the silverware. You know what I mean? <laughs> like everyone has that family member. Like that's that's what Baby Doll reminds me of. Like your strung out aunt who lives in a halfway house. You know who who gets cleaned up every four years, but you know she's gonna slip back into the into the meth. You know there's just there's just no saving this person. But um and look Baby Doll 
I'd be a really nice person for all I know, but that's what she reminds me of for whatever reason. But yeah, so yeah, the Americanization thing is a very valid complaint. Now, um, look, talent is talent. I don't mind bringing in Americans if they can go. I mean, I watch wrestling to see great matches. I think anyone who listens to this knows that. That's my number one priority when I watch wrestling. Some people watch wrestling for lines. Some people watch wrestling for that. My number one thing when I watch wrestling is great matches. So if you're going to bring in American workers or foreign workers, European workers, whatever the case may be, luchadors, and they can go, to me, that's always an addition from my point of view. Um, you know, if some guy in Japan is tired of seeing Americans, I, I don't know. I guess that'll eventually be reflected in the business. Uh, all right, so let's move on here a little bit. Uh, Ryan Klingman, uh, it was also good to, be, to see experimentation with New Japan World and the G1, even if some things didn't go quite as well as they had hoped. I'm sorry, what, what was his comment? Yeah, he said, okay, so it was good to see experimentation. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I thought I, when I initially read it, I didn't quite, I wasn't as confused, but uh, it, it was good to see experimentation with New Japan World and the G1, even if some things didn't go as well as they had oh, hoped. Oh, I, know, I, I know, know what he's referring to. I mean, with the G1, it was it was the idea that they only did four G1 matches per night and, and they, they stretched it out over the entire course of the month. I think that's what he's referring to. I, I, okay. All right. I, I wasn't sure if he was talking about like the tech of new Japan world and, and what they had done. Well, but... Yeah. I think he's also referring to the fact that, that, that new Japan world, I mean, they showed the matches from Naito's Mexico tour. They, they're showing a lot of the revolution pro matches that the new Japan talent is involved. I think that might be what he's talking about from that point of view, from that standpoint. Yeah, I, I think he's talking about a little bit of both, so that, that's good. But no, I, I, we'll talk about that first point there with uh, experimentation with New Japan World and the tech going on with that. I, I love it. I mean, I think that's one of the best things of New Japan World. Um, it is a double-edged sword, though, because when we've talked about this many times before – because you can see all this stuff, because we can see house shows, because we can see this, and, and and we can see literally at this point now almost every show that they run, no matter what town, what village, whatever, we're seeing that. That's good and bad. The good is we can see every show they run in every village and every town and every, you know that stuff, and that's awesome. The bad is that we feel like a lot of times we have to watch all this or what we're watching isn't quite these guys' best effort. It's not the production's best effort. Sometimes the the the, the arena looks like garbage because it wasn't supposed to be filmed for for TV or, or, or live video. And sometimes the guys, if they're in a six-man, are going to go, who the hell cares? We're in you know some random village in front of 700 people. I don't really... So we're getting a lot of stuff where people are, are, are maybe hyper-reacting to stuff going on here. It, it's also burning people out as well because I think... And that's something that I've sort of had reconcile as well as, you know, running this website, I've always assumed, Hey, I got to watch every single thing they put out. New, uh, the world tag league was a good time for me to say, Hey, look, I'm just going to watch the finals. I'm going to kind of chill out a little bit. Of course I can't do that with the G one. Can't do it with all that stuff. But you know, w w with some of these tournaments and the, you know, the best of super juniors and the super Jag tag tournament and the, all this sort of stuff, you know, it's okay if you maybe miss a few shows, but I love it. I like the idea that there's, you know, access to all this stuff at, at our fingertips. But yeah, it is a double-edged sword. There is the issue as well that people sort of there there is overexposure as well that people, you know, are maybe getting forced into watching more than they, they they can handle and they're getting burnt out from New Japan. But I, I think it's great. I, I I think it's awesome. Overexposure is definitely an issue, and I think that's what um, that's why New Japan and WWE both are more susceptible for complaints about things being stale. Because there, there, there is the issue of overexposure when they're showing everything, and you're and and you're dumb enough to watch everything, like 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 idiots like us are. I mean, look at it this way: if New Japan World was only airing the monthly pay-per-views, right? And let's throw in the Corican shows too. Let's say mm -hmm. they were only airing the monthly big shows and the Corican shows. 
Yeah, not the Star Lanes, not the Hakarta Star Lanes show. And then, we... and then all of a sudden in December, they said, you know what? We're going to throw you guys a bone. We're going to air every World Tag League show. Rich, you'd be watching every single one of them. You'd be excited, and you, it would be unique. It would be, it would be, uh, and, and you'd be like, oh, every show of the tour. Are you kidding me? You'd be running home from work to watch every one of them. The reason that you're sick of it is because it's December. You've been watching every show all year, and it's over. It, a lot of it's overexposed. So this is, and you know that this is the weakest tour. So you know this is the tour you can tap out on, and take a break from, and recharge your batteries, and get ready for the dome. So yeah, it, 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 it's definitely there's definitely issues of overexposure. There's no doubt about it. And WWE suffers from that too because they have to fill two a three hour show every week, a two hour show a week, and then a monthly pay per view. And you know it's impossible for them sometimes not to have repetitive matchups. You know, and it's it's. Same thing with New Japan. You watch these guys every night. If you watch all the shows, you're going to see the same spots every night. You're going to see the same guys facing each other every night. And then you're going to get grumpy about it. There's no question about it. So, yeah, I, you know, it's, it is, it's good that you can see everything. But I think it's bad if you make an effort to see everything. Because eventually you're going to get tired of it. All right, let's move on here. Uh, head cheese, it's blue. Uh, B-L-U underscore Ray Mysterio says, like them working with other promotions and English commentary. Let's talk about that one here a little bit. Uh, the other promotion stuff, obviously a huge year for New Japan in terms of the, the Ring of Honor relationship, uh, taking the next step. Uh, there's going to be more shows, you know, joint shows between those two companies, which is, I, I can't see a, a negative in that. I think that's that's awesome. And and the English commentary is great too. I think it's opened up a lot of new people. I know we've had new followers ever since they've started doing the English commentary and stuff and people that have sort of found us and discussed it with us. And, and yeah, I think that I, the, there's no downside to either of those two things in my mind of working with other promotions, you know, both, you know, American promotions and Japanese promotions as well. And then the English commentary, I think, is, is, is an incredible, great idea. People can complain all they want about it being Kevin Kelly and Matt Stryker or whoever it is. I don't care who it is. You, you know, you don't have to listen to it, but there's a lot of people and that's the barrier of entry. And if that can be broken down, then, then I say go for it. Yeah, the problem is I, I don't. I don't know if they're going to go full steam ahead with it, which they should if they if they really want to try to grow in the West. Um, because, again, it's like you just said, you know, the hardcores can complain all they want, but there's still a lot of people who are going to refuse to watch without it. So they might as well, you know, give a decent effort and give it a shot. So, um, you know, but I, I just I'm skeptical that they will. I, I just I don't get the sense. I think. Whenever there's English commentary for New Japan, I get the sense that it's a third-party entity that's pushing for it. Whether it's Jeff Jarrett with his, uh, you know, pushing, you know, um, airing the Tokyo Dome show here, or in this case, you know, it, it seems like Ring of Honor is behind. You know, it, it just seems like someone has to, you know, almost beg New Japan to allow them to do it. I, I don't feel, I don't feel like New Japan is putting in full effort to accommodate the English speaking fan. Mm -hmm. I think a little bit more. I think the global force one, absolutely. Cause that was one where you could tell that they didn't have any notes. They had no idea. Nobody acknowledged them. There wasn't a camera near them or whatever. I think the, the, the Kelly striker stuff a little bit more. They had, you know, the, the live introduction with them, you know, in the arena. And then also if you look at the advertising dollars as well, we saw a lot of that on, on our Twitter account. And I know uh, on our Google ads as well, all, that new Japan world thing always popped up and it always said English commentary for this show, you know, King of pro wrestling, English commentary. And we, we see all the ads all the time and we saw, you know, tons of stuff, you know, pumping those. Unfortunately, whoever did the ad buys to them uh, didn't tell them that King of Pro Wrestling uh, 
or it didn't expire them when King of Pro Wrestling was over because it was like mid-November and we were still getting like King of Pro Wrestling live on New Japan World with English commentary. And I was like, oh, cool. The event happened, you know, a month and a half ago or whatever. But that was it was interesting to see that. So I think maybe there's a little bit more on their end. I, I don't know who's paying for those ad spots. I don't know who's sort of doing that. I don't know if it's just Ring of Honor pushing all of it, but it seems like they're a little bit more on board. I think the Global Force one was absolutely just Jarrett pushing for it. And they said, we don't give a shit, do whatever. Because I that we could tell that they didn't have notes or anything or, or or weren't tuned in whatsoever. I think it's a little bit better now with, with Stryker and Kelly, but we'll see. Yeah, but it's like, why haven't they been back? You know, oh, right. it's it's you know, I, I I don't know. I'm skeptical that they care all that much about it. I, I yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see. I think the next year will be an important part of that. If it, you know, Kingdom, we understand. Yeah, they'll probably have somebody for Wrestle Kingdom, but then it'll be the big thing of okay, you, you know, the new beginning shows it, it, or whatever in February. Are you going to have it for those? Fantastic are you have it for, Amino, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, either do it or don't do it. Is yeah. my thing. Like, right. Go go full steam ahead. Get people used to it. Yeah, you got to do it one way or another. You can't do this little start stop because there's going to be people that subscribe to this thinking, oh, I get new, I get English commentary, and then they're going to be very disappointed when they when they don't, and that's that's almost going to do a, a, a more of a disservice than if you just. Don't have it at all. You, you know what I, I mean? If they weren't, so, if, if, if they weren't so tight with Ring of Honor, do you think they'd have it at all? No, I don't think they would either. And and from reports that we've heard, that, that it was basically that it was decided on in a meeting with guys from Ring of Honor. That That's what I'm saying. It's, so it's, yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't New Japan least... saying, "Hey, can we have Kevin Kelly?" And they're going, "Yeah, sure." It was, "Hey, do you guys want Kevin Kelly?" Like, uh, okay. And, is, and the people is, who do it, it's like they never are involved in the decision making. It's always someone just picking whoever, and they don't seem to care who's doing the commentary. It just feels like they're always, you know, just dragged kicking and screaming into it and oh, all right all right we'll, we'll do they don't seem enthusiastic about it ever yeah. so i i'm not convinced that'll change we'll see what happens then uh in this next year uh, i haven't had a chance to mess around with that uh the different angles on new japan how, how cool is that pretty cool i haven't messed with it and i don't know if it's for every show or just the the i i really don't know anything about it other than supposedly now you can play director like you can on all these other things if you have nfl sunday ticket or uh, the NBA deal, um, you know, it doesn't that have different angles and stuff. I know the baseball. Uh, they, they have it on TNT. I don't know if they always have it. They have like that TNT overtime um, that, yeah. that's on when they're when they're on Thursdays, and that you can watch. Like if you can watch from behind the the. You know, the, the backboard, or you can watch it just the fans and watch their reactions, or you can watch, like, they'll have something on Greg Popovich, so you can watch him the entire time. So it's 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 unique. But, yeah, for wrestling, that's got a lot of potential for wrestling because that's actually kind of fun, and that kind of changes a lot of stuff because, I mean, the crowds is such a big deal in Japan, and, and, and interactions in terms of stuff outside of the ring and managers is so much, you know, I think more important than with a lot of sports. So it's, it's, it's fun, but, yeah, I can't see myself really using it all that much, but eh, it's cool. See, I like – I see, people like those gimmick gimmicky things where you can – I'm not – Yeah, I'm it's not, not me, but, but that's fine. <laughs> but see, I, I kind of like watching wrestling from a steady cam at a wide angle so I can see everything that's going on, especially in tag mm-hmm. matches and stuff. Um, so I could see myself using that feature just to eliminate the multicam aspect of it, you know, in certain tag team matches or whatever, but it's not something I would sit there and – constantly play with but look if someone's going to enjoy themselves switching camera angles watching new japan i do change the nba one sometimes to do uh to look like the nba uh video games like the nba 2k games because you can do that one where it's like behind the backboard or above the backboard and that's pretty cool because the side to side stuff i mean i like that but i i I like seeing the whole court as well because you can sort of see plays develop then uh, as guys are kind of coming down the court and i I like that yeah you can see the player movement better and you can see um uh, depth the depth perception changes when you're looking at it from that angle uh the angles change I am so I've been watching sports from these same angles for so long that I really don't I, I, I don't 
at this point, I don't want to watch them from any other varies. I, I'm happy with the angles I've been watching for 30 years. So yeah, baseball, you got the behind the pitcher and yeah, I, exactly. you have from the sideline. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's I'm good. Just the way it is. Um, also, uh, head cheese here real quick before we move on to other people. That's again at blue underscore Ray Mysterio. Uh, he disliked the title reigns of Goto and Kushida. We talked a little bit about Goto. Uh, what about Kushida? That was one that I was very disappointed with uh, throughout the year as well. It was kind of the, the start stop uh, push for him. And I, I don't quite know what was behind that. Yeah, I could see people being upset with that. I think we've kind of talked that to death on other shows. But I agree. just to quickly recap, I mean, it just didn't bother me as much as it bothered other people. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would have liked to have seen a longer reign, but I don't know. I didn't get bent out of shape over it. It didn't really bother me. I don't know. I, I, I don't have real strong thoughts. I just it didn't bother me that much. All right. And of course, like I said, tons of people talk about the Guns and Gallows, uh, the fact that Gun, uh, Guns and Gallows always hog the tag titles from one person. Um, da, 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 let's go on to some other stuff here. Mark Goldberg, too many rematches, repetitive booking was a dislike. Uh, I think we agree. Like with that, like the Naito change, G1 Climax and Kushida winning the junior titles. I think a lot of people, the Naito change, we've talked about that again. People just absolutely adored that. And it was it was so needed because now you have another player in there. And that's what we said. That's that's awesome. Is that like <laughs> we said in, in April, if I said, hey, uh, Naito is going to be one of the biggest, you know, the most anticipated wrestlers every single night uh, on a New Japan show, you'd laugh at me. You'd say, what the hell are you talking about? Ooh. What world are you coming from? But yeah, I mean, like every single time people are, they're, they're looking forward to it. And that's cool. Yeah. Uh, b- 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 uh, here's a con a little bit from uh, Dan the Dazzler. He says, con feels a, like uh, very little has changed year on year. So or I think it means year over year. Uh, what do you say to that? I, I've heard that a lot from people that in terms of last year and this year feel kind of samey. Uh, agree and disagree, I think. I mean, you got Nakamura as the champ. We, we talked about that. You have Okada, you know, back on top facing Tanahashi. I think again, that, that sort of, that story was going to play out that way. And I think but that's the, probably here's okay. the thing though. I don't tend to complain about things that are the same. If those things are good. Right. Right. It right. doesn't bother me that, you know, Okada and Tanahashi are, 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 are going to face each other at the dome. Like they did last year because the build has been great. And I know the match is going to be good. So I'm okay with it. It doesn't really bother me that, Nakamura has dominated the Intercontinental title because I like Nakamura and I like watching his matches. Um, but it did bother me that Makabe and Ishii never stopped facing each other because I st- yeah, that never title that never title progressed in absolutely no way throughout the year. I that's, stopped that's liking the matches. I mean, it's it's look, it's like I think a lot of people, you know, in wrestling now these days, people it's like we're more impatient than ever as a group when it when it comes to wrestling fans. And sometimes we just want change for the sake of change. And it's, it's, it's like you, you have your top guys and they're top guys for a reason. And, you know, what, what do you want to have different top guys every year? It just doesn't work that way. I mean, it's, it's not realistic. Um, and it just doesn't work that way anyway. But, yeah, there are things that like the Guns and Gallows thing. We've had two years of this shit and it isn't good. So, yeah, that needs to change. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, everyone wants to get Nakamura off of the Intercontinental title. All right, that's great. Well, then what do you do with Nakamura? You know, if you want to tell me you put the IWGP title on him, okay, that's fine. But then what do you do with uh, Okada? What do you do with Nakamura? What do you do with Tanahashi? I mean, then so much, you know, it's like you have to have a plan for that entire domino effect. You can't just tell me 
Nakamura shouldn't be in the Intercontinental title match. And then who do you replace Nakamura? With? Yeah, it's a gift and a curse to have so many top guys, like in this sense. They have like three really great dudes. I mean, you can even stretch that to four if you had AJ Styles. You know, we mentioned Ibushi as being one of those as well. I mean, you have those three, if we could talk about Nakamura, Tanahashi, Nokata, you have those, and but they all have to have something to do. They can't just kind of wither away because then you get complaints of, oh my God, Tanahashi's just facing Yano. What the hell is he doing? And, and you know, people, including myself, going, oh my God, Okada's just facing Fale. What the hell is he doing? You know what I mean? Like, it, there, there's those little placeholder stuff that what, what do you do then you, you can't you know and, it's, and, and the other and the other double ended argument is oh well there's never anything fresh and um you know but then you know red dragon gets booked stronger than arguably any tag team in the history of the promotion and they won something like 32 straight matches and completely dominated you know uh, their scene this year but people called that stale too you know, and it's like, um, you know, Guns and Gallows has dominated for two years, and it's it's like, you know, and Nakamura has dominated his title for so, but then it's like, so what do you want? Do you want do you want constant change, or do you want guy, or do you want people to have long sustained title reigns? Because then you complain that you know Kushida didn't hold the title long enough, but you know it's like. You know, pick a side. You can't have both sides of the argument either. I think each case is individual and each case is different. Um, you know, when it comes to those things, I it's like, I, you know, wh- who do you put? You know, the Intercontinental Title is counted on the to draw. So if you take Nakamura out of that scene, okay, fine. But then who? Then what do you do with that title? No one. Right, that guy's got to draw. It can't just be Shibata. You can't just give it to Shibata because you want to give it to Shibata, and then you know, and 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 be with that. I mean, maybe and 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 kind of the. The devil's advocate of that is that nobody's really had a chance to show that either because they've never really let anybody try. But, you know, it's not my money. <laughs> we said that at the time, you know, I'd love to have Goto face whoever, you know, in a main event and try it out and see what happens. But it's not my money. You know, I'm not the one cashing checks or whatever, losing money. If that happens, it's really easy for me to say, yeah, you know, why not just give, not, uh, you know, Abushi the Intercontinental title and see what happens. I I don't know. <laughs> it's not my money. So I can't I can't really say. But, yeah, it, it, it's been um I think the sameness on top of the card hasn't really bothered me, but the, the sameness on, on the bottom, like the never title. And I guess this goes, we can kind of segue into this, uh, this other feedback as well. It's from uh, Calzino. Um, it was this first half of the year. I really liked uh, pretty much every big main event, which we, we talked about a little bit before. I mean, you really got to go back and I, I would do, you know, I recommend to people go to cage match or whatever, look 2015 and look at, at in new Japan. They have like the match guide, uh, which is a really good resource as well. And look at this stuff and you, you'll, you'll forget a lot of the ones. I mean, I even did. Of ones I was like, shit, March was a really good year. Like this, this, this. Like I always forget that that New Japan Cup had a, two really good matches from Ibushi or whatever. So I, I think I'm right with him. On the first half of the year, I think the main events on pretty much every show were, were spectacular. Um, but his dislike was the junior division and how it seems pretty directionless. Uh, directionless. Uh, what do you think about that? Maybe not junior tag titles, but the junior heavyweight title. Uh, Omega's got it now. Where do they go? Who's there? Who's the contenders? Where are they? You know, I, I I'm kind of with them on that. It does seem like it's it's just kind of you know running in place for right now. I thought Omega got off to a rough start, and then ever since then has been absolutely killing it. So I don't really have a problem with it because I've liked Omega's matches. I thought Omega's match with Sidel was one of the more underrated matches in New Japan this year. I thought both of those guys yeah. were straight up brilliant, and I'm not just throwing the word brilliant around flippantly. They were both legitimately brilliant in that match, and I don't think that match gets nearly enough talk um, that, that it should. I think that's one of the underrated matches of the year. I think Kenny Omega has been doing excellent work. 
Um, and, and I think that he's a guy who is underutilized, actually. Um, and I think you sense that frustration from him at times. If you read between the lines of some of the things that he says, that, that he, you know, it's very clear he wants to be a heavyweight. It's, yeah. it's very clear. Constantly alludes to it. He constantly makes snarky remarks to the camera that are in character, but it's kind of like it's, it's, it's a work, but he's like working a shoot. You know what I mean? It's like you, you can clearly see what his mindset is. So I know people were annoyed with the Kushida thing. Um, I, I don't know. I just want to see good matches. And to me, that division has delivered some excellent matches. The O'Reilly Kushida match was an excellent match. Um, so, you know, there, there have been good junior matches this year. I don't know. I, I don't really have a problem with the, with the junior singles. I really don't. All right. Uh, let's see if we have anything else here that hasn't been mentioned a little bit before. Uh, here, Dylan uh, JSTX. That's at Dylan JSTX. He says, I, uh, I liked how Fale was booked during the Okada and Tanahashi feuds. I know that's your boy, so I'll let you have a little bit of a platform here. Fale has had a very underrated year. A very underrated year. And I'll tell you something. Look, there are times where you watch him and you're like, you know, this guy really stinks. And this guy still stinks. But the, the one step that he's taken this year is there is no question that bad luck Fale can be carried to great matches. He's had some great matches this year. If you're willing to, to, to work his style of match and let him bully you and let him pound you and let him work stiff with you and work underneath – uh, work underneath as a, a uh, as an underdog against him and get pounded into the mat for 15 minutes, you can have good matches with that guy. And he had excellent matches. That, the Okada feud, we we were so remember how annoyed we were that they were that they were gonna do that feud after remember, remember that when when they started that feud at New Year's Dash? Yeah. The Okada and we were like, oh God, they're gonna waste three months, you know, of Okada on Bad Luck Folly. And that feud turned out to be a to be an excellent feud with an excellent blow-off match. And, and Fale, you know, all year long, it has these surprising matches with people where, you know, the, the Fale-Tanahashi match, I think it was G1. What a match that uh, was. You love that. Yeah, you love that one. Yeah. I know you yeah. didn't like it that much, but I, I wasn't alone either. A lot of people liked it. No, yeah, absolutely. So you were the one kind of on an island on with that one. But, I mean, you know, again, just because, you know, Tanahashi was willing to take a beating from the guy, you know? And, you know, it, it, there's some people who think that might have been Tanahashi's best match this year. I wouldn't go that far. So, you know, Fale is a guy, you know, he's really starting to work to his size. Remember, a big complaint with him was he's kind of just this big guy who doesn't really work like a big guy. Right, he's just a big oaf, but he didn't really like, there was no power to him. There was no, you know, tenacity. There wasn't, you know, monster. He, he wasn't a monster. He was just a big fat dude. But I tell you what, just... in the big spot now, he comes off like a monster. Mm-hmm. He he's starting to come on. Look, I'm not telling you I love him. I'm not telling you I think he's a top ten guy in the world or anything like that. But in a big spot in the right situation, man, that guy's become a a, a very very solid like like heel gatekeeper type for you know the baby face. They got to get through this guy to get to where they want to go. And I think that's a nice little role for him, the perfect role for him. I wouldn't do anything more with him. Um, but you know, look at his history. Look. Look, it's it's not hard, it's not difficult to have great matches with the likes of Tanahashi, Nakamura, and Okada. But I mean, give him credit. You know, he's he's involved. In, he's had great matches with those guys. He's proven that he, he when he's in there with great people, he can have great matches. And I wasn't confident that was the case a year or two ago with him. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff about the young boys as well, and the young lions, and and Jay White, and 
Tanaka and Komatsu. I feel like we've done that to death, and I, that's pretty much been our drum that we've been beating for like two years now. So I don't know if you have anything else to add about the young boys or their progression this year. I know we have a lot of people that want to write about that uh, for the ebook as well. About like I pretty much every single person that emailed me said, "Hey, can I write something about how good the young boys are?" And I'm like, "Oh, all right. Well, you're too late because seven other people have already pitched that and, and said they want to write it." But do you have any other thoughts uh, on that sort of division and what's going on there? Because it's 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 special, and we say that in all our reviews too. I mean, really cherish what you're watching right now because. You're not going to get it all the time. I mean, this is a really good crop of guys. I was talking to somebody on Twitter. Again, I, I don't remember who, so I apologize about the DDT tag match where Komatsu and Tanahashi went to DDT. It's on New Japan. Oh, how good was that? This is an awesome match. It's an incredible match. And and they had mentioned that they thought Komatsu was the best person in the match. And that wasn't meant as a slight to the other three because no, you know, no, everybody I, yeah. in the match was great. <laughs> And and the thing about it was, you know, what I said to the guy was, and then I and I didn't mean it to downplay his point at all because there was no, you know, I I, I don't agree that Komatsu was the best guy in the match, but I do agree that he was great in the match. But my point, was, look, the thing about Komatsu is, don't let the fact that he's a prelim guy and a young lion fool you. He's an awesome worker, and the same holds true for Tanaka. The same holds true for Finley, and the same holds true for Jay White. These guys are great workers already. You know, just because they have the label of young lion doesn't mean that they're not great workers. These guys are great workers. These guys are great. And the push, the pushes will come with time. I mean, you know, it's, it's, this is just the way it's done. They have to go away. They got to go on. And look, we've all been impatient. We've been impatient too. We've come on here and complained, but you know, you have to realize that this is, just, that's the way they're going to do things. What the hell you know, are we doing, guys? Man, you know, yeah. you got a couple young lions over there. Who are, I guess I do. What are we doing? You know, they, are we doing? they want a big push too. Everybody wants a big push, you know. But you know, it's you settle in because they're going to go away for a while, and 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 wherever they're going, <laughs> my dogs are the, the your young uh, the maybe the your dependent. dogs too. Your dogs need to go on an excursion. Know. You know, <laughs> they might have to. Yeah. But they're going to send Komatsu. Very annoying during this podcast. It, you're not cause many of issues, but yeah, you're going to see him get a new Japan push probably till 2017 or 18. Yeah. You know, that's just the way it is. This is the way it's I mean, done. Watanabe just came back now. and, and like, He's gone for a year and a half. Or yeah. what? Two two years. Like two. two, two. Uh. Something like two years. So they, these guys go away for a long time, you know. But that's all right. They'll go away and, you know, um, you know, Kamatachi will come back and he's been killing it in CMLL. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's you know, it, it'll be interesting to watch those guys on their excursions to see where they go and how they're handled. All right. Uh, this is the last one, and then we'll get into some other stuff here. Nathaniel Ledger says uh, one of the one of the cons, and I, I I think this is an interesting one. We've talked about it a little bit. Too many multi man tag matches. So he's he's kind of complaining about the, just the influx of six man tags and that sort of stuff on, on a lot of these shows. What do you say to that? Because I'm always one that I, I agree. I would sort of throw in a few more singles matches uh, here and there. I know you don't want to give away big time sort of matches, but I think I think there's some value to having some other singles matches on these cards because they can get a little mundane. Um, you know, especially the split shows where you get, you know, two maybe singles matches on both shows and then a lot of the undercard is just meaningless tags. And and, and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing either. I think it, it, there, there's a benefit to having some singles matches here and there. I think guys guys do a little bit more. Uh, I think their characters develop a little bit more. I think their personas develop more. And I think in ring they develop a little bit more, uh, you, you know, working singles. But yeah, what, what are your thoughts? I'd like to see more singles matches too. But at the same time, this kind of goes back to what we talked about with the overexposure. It's it's look, I don't like sitting through these six man and eight man tags either, but it it really does preserve the singles matches and it really does make any sing there's no company in the world where 
any singles match feels as look when these tour lineups come out and there's like a, you know a Jay White versus Yoshihashi match we all get excited holy shit what was the one there was one on the world tag league that just popped up a few days ago but it didn't show up on New Japan World and people were pissed it was something like Elgin versus someone I forgot who and people were like no it didn't show up that, like no that's my point this is the yeah. only company in the world where no matter what singles match they do, it's spe- it feels special because they just don't do singles matches unless it's on pay-per-views. So, you know, look look how special Hanma Yoshihashi felt, you know, when they did that yeah. match. And we were all hyped about that because, holy shit, they're doing this random undercard singles match. And we were all jacked up for it. Now, if you do more singles matches, yeah, you don't have to sit through these, these six and eight man tags where nobody cares, including the wrestlers a lot of times. But then on the flip side, the singles matches lose a little bit of luster. But I'm kind of with you. What are you really giving away when you do Hanma versus Yoshihashi? You can do more matches right. that level. You could have the same guy lose and the same guy win, but you know, throw it in a singles match sometimes. Yeah, so at the at the you know lower mid-card level or even the, the firm mid-card level, they could probably get away with doing more singles matches. Um, I, 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 I kind of like the idea and the tradition behind not doing a ton of singles matches among the main eventers though, because think about the overexposure and the burnout we experienced with a lot of these matchups as it was. Could you imagine if they were doing more, you know what I mean? Now what they do right in the last, in the last four months, Okada and Tanahashi, you know, fought each other three times on random fucking shows or whatever, you know, we would hate because we all got sick of, of a lot of people got sick of Goto Nakamura four times in a row or whatever it was. A lot of people obviously, Got sick of Makabe and and uh, and Ishii facing each other, and those matches were spread out over the course of like eight months, and people still yeah. got sick of them. So be careful what you wish for when it comes to asking for more singles matches. You know what I mean? Because you don't want a situation like WWE where everyone is constantly there's no fresh matches, and they've all faced each other a million times, and and they go through these periods where guys face each other six times on TV in the span of four weeks, and you're like enough already. I'd hate to see that happen. So it's kind of, what they do need to do, though, is freshen up these Cork and Hall shows. Uh, agreed, yeah. That is one area where they need to spice it up a bit. I don't give a shit about the house. You can do all six-man tags on the house shows if you want. And honestly, I think they should. I, I, I don't think they should do, you know. But, but the, the, the Cork and shows, those need to be spiced up some. And I think the, the consumer has spoken as we saw this year, where some of their attendance figures dropped to some pretty scary levels because the fans caught on to the fact that they were just getting utter shit on the court and yeah. hall shows. Which is, is, is when you look at, and when we talked about it at that time as well, when you look at what else is running in Corkin this year, and it's something like, something insane, wasn't it like 700 different events were going to be there, like wrestling events were going to take place that year, something, something ungodly ridiculous. But for some other promotions, you're getting the best of the best from them when they go to Corkin. So you would say at the same point, okay, well, I'm not going to go to this New Japan show because, you know, whoever dragon gate wrestle one is going to be here and they're going to have, you know, they're going to give us the big main event or, you know what I mean? Like you always see a lot of the other promotions putting a lot of their big stuff in those Kirkin shows. And then new Japan gives you a show with, with, with garbage. Yeah. You're going to speak with you and say, you know what? Hey, a lot of these other promotions are peaking with their Corkin show. Exactly. Big Japan is going to give you the best of the best when they go to Corkin. you know that. And you're going to go, Hey, you know what? Screw it. I'll pay, I'll pay 20 bucks and go see big Japan. Wrestle one has done title matches there. All these other companies have done their title. Yeah. All Japan, Noah, go through the list. So, you know, they're giving you the goods when you go to Corkin, and then Japan's giving you crap and they've spoken this year. Yeah. And other promotions have done really well in Corkin. new Japan, you know, by their standards have not done well. And yeah. And, and the hardcore wrestling fan who likes all of these promotions, 
That's the guy who's not going to the New Japan Corican shows anymore. And that's why they're doing 1,600 people, 1,500 people sometimes instead of 2,000, instead of 1,900 or 2,000 people because it's those three or four or 500 fans who, like you're saying, like, screw it, man. I'll go to the Dragon Gate show next. Yeah, I'm going to go to the DDT show. That big, you know, There's going to be a sweet KOD uh, open white title here. Yeah. I mean, watch that show. You know, or whatever the case may be, you know, instead of going – uh, to this New Japan show where I'm getting a, a six-man tag as my main event. With Sakuraba tapping out Yoshihara and Sakuraba tapping somebody out. And it's crazy it's because yeah. it's like whenever they did give you – know, look, when they did the whole junior uh, tag title tournament, they filled the place for the junior tag title tournament, which is usually a show which, which, which would see the attendance go down. But because the fans have been starving for something to sink their teeth into, as soon as they got something of any importance in that building, they all showed up again. Which goes to show you how they're they're doing a bad job in that building. All right, so that's our likes and dislikes of New Japan this year. Of course, just a little bit to get you excited for the ebook, which will be coming uh, presumably the absolute last week of December. Uh, it's going to be before Wrestle Kingdom. Know that for sure. It'll be between somewhere between Christmas and Wrestle Kingdom. So some time between there, we'll drop the ebook uh, there, and it, it, I promise it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a lot of work's being put into it already, and and a lot more over the next few weeks. It'll be a great, great book and well worth, you know, whatever price you decide you want to pay for it. So we finished it on New Year's last year because I, re- yes. I remember like going over things and editing things on New Year's Eve to show you the happening life that I have um, uh, on New Year's Eve. I, I re- yeah, because whatever that Monday was or whatever, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. The, it was the day after New Year's Day, I think, is when we officially released it. Yeah, if I'm correctly, the second, I think I might have released it on New Year's Day, to be honest. I don't remember one of the two. But. It was the first or the second. Yeah, it was one of those. But yeah, that, about the same time this year, I believe, as well. So a little bit of time to get you ready for Wrestle uh, Kingdom. But we had so many people that just read it throughout the year, thumbed through it throughout the year and stuff. So, it, you know, we, we sort of set that deadline for us. And, but it's not like after Wrestle Kingdom, you can just throw the thing away and it's not going to matter anymore. It's 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 still got important information and cool information that you'll, I think, enjoy throughout the year. So and a good guide, too. If you're new into New Japan, if you if you like it, just a guide to sort of look at, at at good matches, look at wrestler profiles, just stuff, just a lot of really good stuff in this year's book as well. So it'll be it'll be a lot of fun, a lot of work, but all worth it. All right, let us talk about the WWE Network. Like we said, we don't have much to talk about in the actual WWE, but my God, that network, man, what is going on? The past two weeks have been insane. I can't keep up. I'm I'm so behind already. And. I don't think – are you aware of all the shit they uploaded uh, 12 hours ago? I don't think I am. What did they add? No. Not. Or maybe you are. They, they late 70s Stampede. No, I knew – okay, well, I knew that they had reserved a spot for it. Like somebody had tweeted out – I think it was Martin Bentley uh, had, tar- had tweeted out, oh, there's a you know a section of the WWE Network that's empty right now of Stampede. So those are up there now already? They're up, my man. They're Jesus up. Christ. You, Who, who's doing this? Whose job is this? Because I love them. But the middle of the night on Wednesday night, you weren't around because I was handling the uh, the the Twitter feed. They added a shit ton of content. We got some late '70s Stampede. We got a bunch more AWA. They added some more Mid South. They added this new um, category for Global, but oddly, there's like no Global in it. It's all USWA. So hmm. we don't know what's going on with that, but it's like the Texas version of USWA, which eventually like merged with global. So we think that there's global coming down the pike that's going to be added to that. And they're just throwing it all in one category for whatever reason. Um, they're filling in the gaps with the W with the world championship wrestling. Uh, what else I got up there? Oh, uh, um, uh, Smoky Mountain. Yep. 
end. Mid-South. Did you mention yeah, Mid-South? Mid-South. Yet? Yeah. So everything that we've all been waiting for when it comes to the network, we've been begging them to add this old content, this old territory content, and, uh, and, and they're finally doing it. And I don't even know where to start anymore with what to watch on here. I've watched so much world championship wrestling that I've now burnt out on it. I've, I've, <laughs> I, I'm blowing through 1985 right now. Uh, I'm ready for night. I'm done with 1985. I'm ready to go on to 1986, but yeah, I might take a little bit of a break and jump to something else as well. Cause I might, it might be a little too much, especially with the two hour format, uh, which is great, but you, you kind of, I mean, I sat down and I think I watched like six straight episodes one night and I was like, okay, I think I, I think I need to take a break for a little Rich, bit. Rich, I but, can't uh, watch one more barbarian squash match. I can't, I, there's I, been I, a lot of I them. I can't do it. I, if, if, if I got to see Jim Boogie, Woogie and, Man, I just Val- want Paul Jones to stop yelling at me. I, I just, I, every, every day I just wake up in a, in a daze of Paul Jones just screaming at me. We get it. About the barbarian. Jones, dude, <laughs> you are number one, number one, Paul Jones. Yes. Tony Germain. And then he gives, you know, the, he's like, the, Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 